What's going on, y'all, and welcome back to the No Limit Lab. I'm your host, Eloy, and today we are going to be going over The Boys, Season 3, Episodes 5 through 8. Yes, Episodes 5 through 8. This does include the finale, Episode 8 being the finale. We're going to be starting with Episode 5. I know you guys know this is Part 2 of the two-part format of how I am going to be reviewing and recapping this show. Uh... I hope you guys enjoyed the other part, the last part, part one, where I discussed episodes one through four. Uh, it was about a, an hour and 50 minutes long, almost two hours. So this episode might be around that length. Maybe it's a little shorter. Maybe it might be a little longer. I'm hoping it to not keep it too long so you guys don't, uh, how, do I, how do I say, you lose interest in the episode. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this two-part format. I think it's a lot better for longer shows like these. Reason being is just because it's... It's, it takes a lot out of me to do to do if I was to do like a four hour episode talking about the show, uh, my ass is gonna start hurting cause from sitting on this fucking chair, and also um, it's just it, it to me it's just it's too long of a episode. I think it's people's attention spans, mine included, uh, sometimes can be very limited, and you know a four hour long episode it probably wouldn't be uh, you know practical for uh, you guys to be listening to uh but anyway i hope you guys enjoyed the last one like i said and hope you guys are going to be able to enjoy this one we're going to be going over five through eight um like i said i, I this show has been nothing short of amazing uh the actors the writers they've done great uh they really stepped it up they really stepped it up this season in the word of carl in the words of carl urban they really stepped it up this season anthony star uh amazing i can't i want to see him in so much more stuff i hope he's the reverse flash or at least becomes Reverse Flash. So, I think it's going to be... I think the future of a lot of these actors and actresses is going to be really good. Um, it's going to be It's going to be a great show. And I, and I honestly, I just can't wait for the future of the show. I can't wait for the other side projects that we're going to be getting that I will discuss in another episode. Um, and yeah, anyway, let's get right into this. Episode 5 of The Boys, titled, The Last Time to Look on This World of Lies, Episode 5. Now, this episode was rumored, I heard this before, that this episode was rumored to be, the, the, oh, well, at least Season 3 was supposed to, rumored to be having a musical episode, or an episode that contained a musical in it, and this is that episode. Episode 5 of this episode, of this season, Season 3, uh, did include a musical. So, Episode 5, titled, The Last Time to Look on the World of Lies. So... We open up with M.M. watching footage that was taken from the Russian base that was them basically experimenting on Soldier Boy. Uh, he's obviously angry watching this, knowing that Soldier Boy killed his parents. Uh, we see that Kamiko is sustained uh, from her injuries, but is still wounded after Soldier Boy's attack. Frenchie is mourning over her. Uh, though she is not dead, Billy is still trying to talk to M.M., as M.M. basically calls his bluff that he doesn't care about Kamiko, and that the whole point of their group doing what they did was so that nobody could have the type of power that Butcher has. Giving himself the temporary V, we didn't see Butcher, um, we didn't see Butcher go to Huey, who's vomiting inside of a sink, this really giant trough sink. Um, we then see a flash of Huey as Butcher's brother, Lenny, uh, like, flashes on the screen in, uh, Huey's position, and we can tell that from this scene that, that, you know, Butcher sees obviously sees a lot of Lenny in um, in um, Huey, and it's one of the reasons why he looks out for Huey probably more than anybody in the group at this point in time. Um, but he's also here. Us as the audience is you know getting to see that Butcher is starting to realize that you know he's leading Huey down the same path as he did his brother Lenny, who is spoiler alert who is dead. Um, we then transition to Ashley accepting the role of CEO of Vought when. 
Homelander then interrupts, shutting her down, basically. Homelander then sits down and asks everybody on the board to introduce themselves. And when a woman named Maureen interjects, she embarrasses herself in front of Homelander, causing him to get upset as Ashley uh, fucking wears the pants right here and kicks her out of the room. And this to me is like, this is really like, how do I explain? They did some of this, in, I think it was one of the last episodes where they made the deep eat the, um, eat Timothy, uh, the octopus. It seems that like, even though Ashley is scared of Homelander, she's scared shitless of him. And she's always stressing every time she's like in his presence. Um, it seems like when she's in these situations where Homelander is basically pushing her around, like, like Meg from Family Guy, and then let's say somebody else below her fucks up, uh, she enjoys getting to reprimand those people and have basically getting that power and that sense of like, I'm above this person. I may not be above Homelander, but Hey, I'm above this person. I can boss them around and do what I got to do. Um, so I, I noticed a lot of that here when she kicks out Maureen and tells her to get the fuck out of there. Basically. Um, what happens is, um, after Maureen embarrasses herself and gets kicked out, uh, we then transition to the crime analytics HQ, where the current head is stepping down, introduces the deep as the head lead in crime analytics, and this obviously makes no sense to anybody in the office, including the audience, as we all know that the deep is obviously not fit for this position. O obviously, this guy is a fucking dumbass, he's got the worst luck, and this is the last thing that this guy should be doing while he's got the reputation that he has and is trying to just fix it and mend it and everything. This is the last thing the deep should be doing. Um... The Deep and his wife both bring cupcakes uh, that he begins to arrogantly, arrogantly eat in front of everybody. Uh, we then transition to the boys getting off of the private jet as they escort Kamiko into a car as Butcher does his best to shrug off the big issue here that everybody who works with them is basically just a tool to get whatever the hell he wants. Um, I can You can just tell Butcher's in denial. He's in denial. He knows, what's, he knows like what kind of person he is, but... At some point now, or at this point now, he realizes, like, how bad it is, and he just ignores it. He's just like, eh, I don't care. Like, that's why I said in the last episode how Butcher and Homelander are basically two sides of the same coin. Uh, Billy just denies it to himself. Homelander kind of embraces it a little bit, but also denies it as well. Homelander thinks that what he's doing is, you know, in his mind, there's nothing wrong with it. Same thing with Butcher. Um, M.M. then tells, uh, tells him, basically, fuck you. As Huey and Billy are left when he says, uh, you still got me. Basically, he says, you still got me. Huey uh, is then watching the news, learning of Supersonic's death as Annie walks into their apartment and he embraces her, giving his condolences for her friend's death. Uh, she then tells him that Homelander murdered Supersonic. Uh, he's obviously abrasive to tell her of the Soldier Boy news and uh, the fact that he had powers for a limited amount of time. Um, one thing I do want to say here... Um, one thing I do want to say here is that um, with, with, with the whole with Alex, I think was his name. Yeah, Alex. Supersonic's death. Honestly, I'm glad that they did they did what they did and they killed him because I was like, if this is gonna be another one of the cliche stories where oh he's basically making Huey jealous to where Huey and Starlight maybe break up because he's making her him jealous and he's overreacting and in reality, you know, Supersonic's trying to get into Annie's pants and Annie's just like oblivious to it. And then they get into some argument, maybe, and they break up, 
And then eventually, uh, Annie's like, Supersonic tries to get with Annie, and she's like, no, what are you doing? I thought you were my friend. And he goes, no, I wanted to get with you this whole time, and it, you know, she's got to go back to Huey. I'm glad they didn't do something fucking typical like that. They basically killed him off, and he was he was genuinely a good guy. He genuinely was trying to help Annie after he joined the Sevens, and then they murdered him. So, you know, he's not a bad person. Not as bad as I thought they were going to portray him as. Um, something here that I also really enjoy that they don't do is the typical... He tells her the truth about what happened, and she gets pissed and then leaves. Um, the show has already done that trope, and I'm just glad that they show that the characters are a little more understanding when somebody comes clean about something. Like when Huey basically like folds right away, telling her that like, it was fucking awesome. I had superpowers, and and then she's just like Huey, and she starts drinking basically, like so, so she can kind of like okay, now go ahead and fucking tell me so she can calm down. I'm glad that they did that, and not the typical fucking you didn't tell me I'm mad at you, and they just have a fight about it, and they don't talk to each other for a while. I'm glad they didn't do that. This was this was great. Um, what happened was is um, and then um, what's it called? After um, Huey tries to briefly lie, like I said, he immediately tells her that he enjoyed it, and she tells him that she doesn't want anybody else close to her getting hurt. Or he tells uh, he tells her that she doesn't want anyone else close to her getting hurt, and she doesn't want anything to happen to him as they embrace and kissing, saying that they love each other. And this is another thing, like, with Huey's character, Huey, obviously, the reason why he took the uh, temporary V is because he, as a person, has always been a pushover like his father. And he wants to break, basically break out of that. And when he got that chance to save M.M., it was like an adrenaline rush to basically, I save somebody. I don't have to be this cowardly wimp that has to hide behind everybody and, you know, is always needing to be saved. I'm tired of being the damsel in distress, and now I'm basically the hero in his eyes. And Annie basically doesn't want anyone else getting hurt like Alex or anybody else she's close to. Basically telling him stop doing it. Huey obviously is not going to listen. We then see Soldier Boy trying to escape Russia uh, while transitioning to Butcher drinking in his HQ as Queen Maeve arrives, giving him more temporary fee as he offers her to drink. She then tells him she's been sober for four months, um, and she then drinks again, sitting on the couch with him while they talk about the Homelander situation. Billy then brings up the plane video. Maeve says that the video was always a bluff because Homelander would just basically go over the edge and kill millions of fucking people. And it's true. They discussed this in one of the last episodes that he's like, go ahead and do it. I'll fucking kill everybody. If I got nothing, then I'll kill everybody. And you are all fucked. So how do you guys really want to do this? Which is true. Um, they both uh, have a conversation about, the, uh, comp about Compound B. Billy says that all it does is just enhance what's already inside. And with a great power comes... Um, and with great power uh, comes the ability. Uh, or, how did I? I forgot what exactly what he said. He says it was a mock-up of the way. With great power comes great responsibility. But it was like with great power um, comes the something to become a cunt, or, or comes uh, comes the ability to become a cunt. I think is what he said. That was hilarious. Maeve then kisses him as they both proceed to have sex all over the uh, all over their headquarters. Which this fuck, dude. I've been waiting for fucking Maeve, I'm like, Maeve is fucking fine, the actress who plays her, oh my god, Dominique McElliot, she is fucking fine, um, I thought that they were gonna do, like, a thing, and they did in the comics, when it was with, uh, Maeve, and what's his name, and the legend, but they didn't do that, those of you who know what that is, I found that out, fucking, what, a month ago, and when you find out that, you're gonna be like, whoa, what the fuck, uh, you'll see this shit in a different light, um, uh, we then uh, go to Frenchie at the hospital with Kamiko as little Nina shows up and then tells Frenchie that he's basically works for her uh, and Frenchie is basically fucked. 
He's basically screwed, even though in the hospital we see Kamiko, who is waking up, realizing that her powers must have gone away because she's not healing and cannot lift heavy things easily. Uh, she tries to lift something heavy, and it's, like, damn near impossible for her to do. Um, and she's like, oh, my God. My, she doesn't say it, but she's like, you can tell. She's like, oh, my God, my powers are gone. And she's kind of happy about it because she obviously doesn't like her powers because she was t basically given them against her will. Um, we then transition to A-Train walking down the hallway at Vought Tower. He's then confronted by Starlight, who tells him that he is a coward for trying to help the people who don't give a fuck about him. This being Vought in Homelander. Uh, like I said, A-Train's a piece of shit. A-Train's a fucking piece of shit. I don't understand why they thought recruiting him. Like, he's literally, like, betrayed somebody in every fucking season. That's literally what he does. So, them, like, trusting him was... Well, I can't really say Alex, because Alex barely knew him. So, Alex was a little naive, believing... Or believing A Train would be on their side, looking out for all their best interests, and not and, and not just his own. Um, uh, we then transition after that to Ashley uh, thanking A Train for his loyalty, and that Homelander arranged a meeting between him and Blue Hawk. Blue Hawk then enters as A Train tells him that he's being too excessive patrolling black neighborhoods, and that he wouldn't want anyone to call him racist. Uh, Blue Hawk's rebuttal saying that it's racist to call someone racist and that uh, he says uh, what I can do to make it right or what can I do to make it right and A-Train tells him to issue an apology. Uh, Blue Hawk is obviously displayed as just a stereotype far right winger extremist who is just um, uh, a fucking racist. He's a racist. He's a racist. He he's, uh, abusive, uh, abuses his power and he's basically a play on like the abusive fucking abusive police officers and put people who patrol um i don't know neighborhoods that have people of color in them and it's obvious what this what he was um and you know there's there's some people are all different characters a lot of these people are um just reflections of what we have in real life like if you look at someone like ashley ashley is basically just somebody who is willing to step on anybody's toes to get to her wherever she wants to get to um even though be like behind the mask that ashley puts on she is always fucking stressing and basically like, it's like Britney Spears in, like, what, 2005, where she was, like, she, like, shaved her head and had, like, a midlife crisis and everything, and, like, you know, on the front face, everything seems fine, but behind the scenes, it's, like, chaos, and that's what Ashley basically is. She's basically, like, she, she'll tow the company line no matter what, uh, as long as she gets the recognition for what she does. Um, she has no problem being bossed around by others as long as, you know, eventually she's able to get to where she wants to be. Um... So, yeah, a lot of these characters, like I said, are just reflections of real life. We then uh, go to Soldier Boy in what looks to be somewhere in New York or wherever the Vought Tower is located. I always get confused because I know they film in Toronto, uh, Toronto, uh, Ontario, Canada. So, I'm assuming that this is in New York. I don't know why I, I keep forgetting. Maybe it's in Washington. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I've heard it somewhere in the show. I just get confused so much because of the filming location and where it's supposed to be. Um... Anyway, like I said, Soldier Boy's walking around. He's got his long, bushy beard, um, played by Jensen Ackles. Um, he's walking. Uh, he's walking around, seeing this new world that he's never been accustomed to before. He sees a gay couple, and he looks at them, kind of just like, "What the fuck?" Like, huh? huh. And he looks at other people in disgust and everything, because he's just it, all this stuff is just new to him that he's watching, experiment or not, ex or experiencing walking down um, the street in what appears to be New York. Um, He's walking around like a deer in headlights, basically, um, and uh, after being captured by the Russians and tortured and experimented on, um, uh, then we start to hear this Russian music playing on this r little stereo 
uh, not too far from where he's at. That obviously sets him off and causes some sort of, uh, in like, induces some sort of PTSD to where he basically pulls a havoc from X-Men and basically shoots the giant laser out of his chest at a building, killing a bunch of people. Him obviously surviving. He kills a bunch of any. He kills a bunch of innocent civilians and causes what seems to be destruction of the local area. So we then learn on uh, that 19 people were killed in a news breaking uh, or a breaking news article or breaking news on TV on the news. <laughs> but before that, uh, MM is going to pick up his daughter, take her take her to uh, some science camp as the stepfather tries to basically say Homelander's the world's greatest hero because Homelander's basically being talked up on the TV as he's watching it. And he's like, oh, Homelander's the greatest hero. And M.M., knowing that this is all bullshit, basically tells him, like, hey, I don't want my daughter, like, anywhere near the TV when you're watching Homelander on there. Like, I don't want my daughter seeing anything to do with Homelander. I don't want you praising her in front of my daughter, basically. Um, we then see uh, uh, Soldier Boy causing the explosion that killed 19 people as M.M. has PTSD of when Soldier Boy killed his family. Uh, uh, he then tells his daughter or and then tells his daughter it's not her fault. And that uh, he has to go, um, and uh, he has to leave. So he basically just like, I, I gotta go. It's not, it's not your fault, Janine. I, I gotta go. But he starts zoning out. It's obvious, like the, the induced PTSD from seeing Soldier Boy on TV just fucked with him. And he made the right move here versus blowing up in front of his daughter, possibly blowing up on uh, the stepfather. On the stepfather, he made the right move here basically to leave. I, I also do like how they portray MM as um, MM is not like a pushover. He knows when to make smart decisions, and he knows how to learn from his situations. That's what I like about M.M. Um, uh, we then transition to Homelander, uh, zoning out as well, uh, watching Soldier Boy calls uh, the explosion on TV, where Annie, Ashley, and another at the new Ashley said that they have to deal with this home with uh, this Homelander situation. Uh, deal with this. Homelander then gets upset until An and tells um uh, tells Annie she has to deal with this on her own. Because he has to worry about the shareholder prices and he's speaking, you know. And he's over here like, oh, we got to worry about the shareholder prices and meetings and blah, blah, blah. This is just Homelander being lazy. He doesn't want to fucking confront Soldier Boy because he's scared of what could happen. He looked up Soldier Boy when he was a kid. And it'll just be all bad because Homelander doesn't know what Soldier Boy is capable of. Um, And he knows, I believe he knows about the Homelander killing weapon and he think, think he... But obviously, he's like, oh, shit, I can't deal with this Soldier Boy thing, because if he can kill me, possibly, I don't want to be anywhere near him. Um, uh, as he's speaking about the shareholder prices that he has to deal with, we obviously can see here that he clearly doesn't know what the fuck he's doing uh, when it comes to being a CEO. We didn't see... Um, um, we, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's, it's hilarious how Anthony Starr portrays himself, uh, as Homelander, just like, a bump, like, right here, he's, he's literally just a bumbling buffoon that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, he's literally like, he's literally like somebody who got hired in the position after three people have quit the position of manager, and they hired a fourth person, and he's the fourth person, and he thinks everything's gonna go smoothly, and then he realizes, like, fuck, experience probably would have been better in this job that I'm doing right now, and I'm kind of basically fucked because I don't know what to say and I don't know what to do. Um, what's it called? Uh, so I, I just love the way that Anthony Starr portrays Homelander that way. Um, we then uh, see uh, Annie call Huey wondering uh, who is on the TV and uh, she thinks it's Soldier Boy. Huey says it's most likely who you think it is uh, as Huey and Butcher both arrive on the scene. Uh, Huey recognizes what seems to be a co-worker. 
uh, who asks him why his arm isn't broken. He then basically excuses himself as Butcher is checking the radiation levels of the explosion, uh, giving Huey the, um, the look that, yup, it was Soldier Boy, obviously, um, M.M., then shows uh, shows up getting upset with Butcher, who could have prevented some of this, possibly, as he says that he will look for Soldier Boy himself. Butcher then says that M.M. needs them, and that if they're going to, uh, they're going to do this, they're going to have to work together to do this, basically. Um, M.M. obviously has a vendetta. He wants to kill Soldier Boy, but in reality, in the show, he can't do anything. Unless he takes temporary V, and he, you know, gets super strength and durability... He's not going to be able to take on Soldier Boy. Um, uh, we then go to Annie and uh, Annika at the Crime Analytics HQ. Annika is the lady who's usually been who's been in the Crime Analytics HQ. She's usually the one on the computer. She's the one when Homelander basically is like, hey, I want to look for this thing. And she's all like, oh, I'll get right on it. And he goes, I'm the Homelander. I can basically do whatever the fuck I want. She's also the girl that was sitting down there in the HQ um, Crime Analytics Lab as Black Noir shows up and basically says he wants to look for Butcher. She says she'll do it and kind of ignores him. And he looks at her and she's like, okay, I'll do it right now. And then uh, he tells her to put her almond joy in the trash because he's allergic to, he has a, a tree nut allergy, which was hilarious. So we're back with her again. She was in the scene earlier when Deep got promoted to the Crime Analytics Lab and she's back here again. Um, uh, we learned that Deep fired most of the people there because they had offensive tweets to Homelander. And they only need team players here. Well, that's pretty funny. The Deep basically was being a snitch. Went on Twitter and was like, oh my god, these people are disparaging Homelander on here. Let's fire them. And they fired all of them, those fucking assholes. Uh, we then transitioned to A-Train, bringing Blue Hawk to his community center to apologize for patrolling only black neighborhoods. And in the middle of his apology, Blue Hawk gets upset for being called racist by the crowd. He then proceeds to harm multiple individuals at the community center, including A-Train's brother, who he knocks him out unconscious and he appears to be bleeding. We then learn later that his brother is paralyzed and he can't use his legs, which is fucking terrible. Like this whole scene is just like, God damn, this piece of shit literally fucking fucked up all these people because he was doing, doing shit he wasn't supposed to be doing. Like he was fucking being a racist, patrolling these areas and being a piece of shit. And they called him out on it and he got pissed off about it and he proceeded to harm multiple people there. Um, like, and these guys, these guys all do such a good job at playing people you can hate, like A-Train, Blue Hawk, his brother being the only morally sane person here, and then he gets paralyzed, the, oh, the good guy gets paralyzed while the two fucking, uh, supposed heroes are, are shitheads and pieces of shit and can get away with it. Uh, we then transition to a man called The Legend, uh, that M.M. Uh, was talking about, he was talking about him earlier, um, who turns out to be this guy whose actual name, they just call him the legend. Uh, I said earlier, he, he fucks uh, Maeve in the comics. There's like a fucking panel where he's fucking her. It's crazy. Um, uh, he goes by the legend. And uh, as M.M., Huey, and Billy go to ask him what Soldier Boy said when he went to his apartment. Because I guess Soldier Boy basically showed up to pick up his costume. Knew where this guy lived. And he didn't cause any harm to him. Uh, obviously, the legend doesn't want to spill all the beans on Soldier Boy. Just because Soldier Boy would probably fucking kill him. Um, when, uh, he says, then he tries to say, Soldier Boy never came, never came by, M.M. then calls his bluff, basically pointing out the cocaine, um, uh, uh the cocaine on the mirror, and then in the opposite seat, he, like, because there's cocaine lying around, he's like, who the fuck is that cocaine for? And, um, M.M. basically assures him, like, hey, that, uh, that he, he won't be traced back to the, we won't be traced back to the legend, 
the legend basically fucking scoffs at this whole thing, um, saying the last time he helped them, he lost a leg, uh, which is uh, they show and they show he's missing his fucking leg. So you know, a legend, the legend apparently you know just hesitant to help these guys. He's like, man, fuck this shit. You guys tell me everything's gonna be okay. I might end up losing a motherfucking leg again. I might end up losing my fucking eyes because you guys are telling me some shit that you can't back up. Um. And MM is the best person for this. Like, MM is probably the fucking single person on that team that could convince anybody to probably do something. Besides Butcher. Butcher is more of like, this guy wants me to probably do something that will cause harm to me. MM will probably do get you to do the same thing, but he will do it in a way where it's more charming and comes off more genuine than Butcher does. Who's like, oh, he's like, this guy just wants to fucking fuck me up. Um... Uh, he then tells him that Soldier Boy came by for his outfit, his costume, suit, whatever you want to call it, which is a dope-ass looking outfit. Um, he then, uh, and then he basically leaves in the address for Crimson Countess, uh, who is the ex-girlfriend of Soldier Boy. We then see Homelander speaking with Cameron Coleman about how much of a threat this terrorist is. Homelander basically shrugs it off as Maeve is watching on TV. Homelander then interrupts trying to figure out who caused the situation. Maeve then insults him as he tells her he can smell Billy Butcher all over her and asks what they are cooking up and she says they aren't cooking up anything and why would she be working with working? <laughs> why would she be working with him? Why would she be working with Butcher? She then calls him John, which is Homelander's real name. Uh this is a cool part. I love when they call when she she's like one of the only people who calls him John. And I'm assuming that's just because they dated and were, I guess, if you want to say close for a period of time. And he probably allowed her to call her John. Everyone else refers to him as Homelander. He's always in his costume, except when he's not. And the times that we see him in his costume has been fucking very, like, probably just the one time this season. So, I always like when she calls him John just because it's like, you know, it's kind of like a way, like, motherfucker, like, I know who you are. Like, I know your name. Like, we dated. We... we it's just cool calling uh, when she calls him John. Um, uh, he then tells her that she's not going to weasel her way out of this one. He then tells her he wants to, uh, he wants to sympathize with her and that he knew how lonely it was for her, but at least they were lonely together at the top. And he questions if she ever cared or loved him, to which she says she hated him from the start and how she fucking pities him. And he then chuckles and says how it's funny how you could pity him uh, how you can pity him, he calls her old and bitter, and basically motions at her to look behind her, as she does turn around, we then see Black Noir attack her, and presumably kidnaps her, he does kidnap her, spoiler for later, uh, he does kidnap her, um, this was a really well done scene, I just love when he gets all sinister, and he just kind of looks at her, like, turn around, and then fucking Black Noir basically attacks her, this is just really great, moving on, we transition to the boys saying how they have to once again level the playing field. Level, we got level the fucking playing field, Huey. How they got to level the playing field and how they need uh, backup. Butcher then shows that he has more samples of temporary V. MM says he can't do it because of what his father said. Uh, basically how if you don't draw a line, how are you going to figure out where you stand? Which is a really good quote. I really love that line by uh, MM. Basically saying like if like yo we're gonna if we're doing if we're basically being hypocrites doing exactly what they're doing to try to stop them like how the fuck are we gonna put ourselves in check like we're supposed to be the ones to put them in check and we can't even put our own selves in check so great line great line um Huey then offers to take it telling him that uh, uh that they rather have Hue would they rather have Huey that doesn't know what he's doing or confident Huey that can back them up Butcher then says that the uh the boy can think for himself referring to Huey. Um, 
We then transition to Starlight pissed off. And as she barges into Ashley's, Ashley's office, questioning what happened to Maeve, she then seems to almost get Ashley to have a bit of humanity here, where she then sinks back into her personality of wanting more and more power for herself, and then tells Starlight to next time make a fucking appointment. This was a cool fucking scene. You get like a flash of maybe Ashley's a little bit of humanity, and she's just like, make a fucking appointment. Just goes, sinks back to this piece of shit bitch that she is. Um... We then transition to A-Train and his brother in the hospital as we learn that his brother is paralyzed, like I said earlier, because of Blue Hawk and will now never walk again. We learn that Frenchie and Kamiko on the flip side of the coin are on the floor above them where they are both enjoying spending time together while Kamiko recovers watching some sort of classical musical as Nina pretends to call Frenchie. He then ignores the call to spend more time with Kamiko. Kamiko then tries to mimic the lady in the musical as Frenchie looks over. And she is in shock as she mutters her first speaking lines since she stopped being able to talk a long time ago. She then breaks into song and dance all over the hospital with her and Frenchie and all the other staff and patients uh, to where we then learn that it was all just in her head. And they both kiss as Frenchie walks out to get coffee and then is then kidnapped, presumably taken by little Lena as the scene ends. Now, this scene was cool. I just I thought that. Hearing that there was going to be a musical, I'm like, is there legit going to be an actual fucking musical, like a legit musical where the whole episode is a musical? If that was the case, I was going to be a little bit disappointed and kind of pissed, but it was just a part of this episode and it was a great part. Uh, at first, I'm like, no way she just actually talked. And then I was like, okay, after it was happening, I'm like, okay, this is all in her head. This is all in her head. This is great. Um, it was awesome scene. Great scene. Great scene. We then go to Crimson Countess doing some sort of paid OnlyFans video call where Seth Rogen cameos as Sir, as Sir Comes a Lot 779. He then proceeds to, uh, like, they're talking about, she's talking about chimps and she's talking about, like, she's at, like, this chimp refuge or chimp, chimp, like, carnival place that she lives at in a trailer. And um, she's talking about the chimps and everything. And Seth Rogen's basically like, hey, uh, you know, I don't mean to cut our conversation short. I like our conversation. <laughs> uh, but uh, the meter is running out. And then she basically says, hold your horses, sir, comes a lot, 779. And then he goes, yes, Countess. Just like, just, just obedient. It was so fucking funny. Uh, he then proceeds to jack off while she pulls out these anal beads where she is then tackled by one of the boys uh, as the camera falls over and cuts the live stream while Seth Rogen is visibly upset, still jerking off, and accidentally nuts prematurely when the screen is frozen. That scene, that was just so fucking hilarious. Now, I did have a question about this scene. I'm not sure if this breaks continuity a little bit, or I guess you could say. Seth Rogen is shown, I believe, in season two with Black Noir that they're working on, apparently working on a movie with Black Noir, and he's the writer and director of the movie, I believe. And they show him, he's got a long beard, he's got his hat on, he's, <laughs> he's laughing and everything. Um, so I'm not sure if this is actually Seth Rogen. If this is Seth Rogen, that's pretty fucking hilarious. Like, that's pretty fucking funny. Like, shaved his beard, shortened his hair and everything. This is just hilarious. Like, if it is Seth Rogen in the continuity of the show, this is hilarious. If it's just some random guy that looks like Seth Rogen, it's still funny either way. But, um... We then see Crimson Countess being tied up by M.M. He then sets her down and tells her that Soldier Boy is alive. And she asks how he escaped from Russia. Well, Billy then tells her that she had something to do with it. And she then resists and tries to plead for her life and plead for herself. Um, they then tell her that she's basically the bait for Soldier Boy as they're waiting outside. And she's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, yo, come get me. And she, they just basically ignore her and leave her inside. Like I said, she is the bait for Soldier Boy. Uh, as they start to walk outside, Annie, um, Annie then shows up to Huey's shock where, uh, 
her mm or uh, her mm uh, is revealed uh, to have called her and told her uh, butcher, and then tells her that um, to take her little sidebar off to the side. As Huey then reveals that he took temporary fee. Basically, she shows up. It's like, oh, MM called me, and he's like, really, MM? And uh, uh, Bush is like, take your little fucking shy ball off to the side and go fucking talk over there, you fucking conch. And they go talk to the side, and he tells her that he took compound V or temporary V, and she's obviously disapproves of this. It's like, ah, Huey, and this was. I just love their chemistry. These guys have such good chemistry. Uh, Aaron Moriarty and Jack Quaid, great fucking chemistry. I hope to see him in more stuff. Um, we then go to MM and Billy sitting at the porch as their radiation detector starts to go off the charts. Uh, the device that they have uh, just starts being, like, making, the, I don't know how to explain the noise, but it starts making its noise when radiation is nearby, when the radiation levels start to rise. Um, it starts going crazy. We then see MM start to get drowsy as we then see uh, that Billy placed some sort of drug inside of his drink to make him lose consciousness. Um, in some sort of drowsy, temporary, paralyzing way. I don't know what he gave him. Maybe he roofied him. I'm not sure. Um, Billy then says he knows you'll never, you'll, you'll never forgive him, never forgive him for it. Uh, but you'll be right in the morning. As we then see Soldier Boy coming around the corner, he is then all geared up with a trim beard, and he's all geared up. And MM finally starts to pass out as Billy then offers uh, Crimson Countess to Soldier Boy, and basically so they can team up. Soldier Boy then proceeds to head inside. Crimson Countess tries to apologize when Soldier Boy then asks how much did the Russians pay her to sell him out. As she then says nothing to his anger and shock. Obviously, this would piss anybody the fuck off. It's like, motherfucker, we dated. We were teammates. You stupid fucking bitch. And it's like, you sold me out for nothing? That would piss me the fuck off. Because like I, got, I was tortured. I was experimented on. I can't fucking die. I was gone for a number of years. And you didn't even get paid to do it? You just did it because you fucking hated me? Um, he then says that even though the, even though they burned him and pumped him full of poison, he still had... He's, this was a great line. He goes, even though they burned him and pumped him full of poison, he still held on to the hope that she would come and save him. He then tells her that he loved her. And she then says she didn't love him. She hated him. And everybody else hated him. And... In this kind of way, uh, it, it relates uh, Homelander and Soldier Boy because they're both delusional, thinking that how many people love them and actually care about them, and they do this to fill their own ego and uh, the deeds that they do wrong. And this was just great. It's, it's just the parallel between, like, all of these, like, the three the three main characters, basically, of this season uh, that they focus on, Butcher, Soldier Boy, and Homelander, are basically all the same. They just look different. <laughs> and they have different companionship. Or people that they, I guess they associate with. But they're basically all the same. Uh, he then proceeds to basically blow her up and kill her like Havoc does in X-Men. And fucking destroy the whole place. As we see her fried skeleton just fucking sitting in the chair she was bonded up in. Uh, Annie and Huey then see the uh, situation from, from afar. And uh, they run to meet the outcome. Which is then that uh, Soldier Boy fried and killed Crimson Countess. Billy is unharmed. He puts MM down and reveals to Huey and Annie that he roofied him. He then reveals that uh, he knew and says that he did this for Annie because he wants to protect her and he is upset because she says that he's teaming up with a murderer and soldier boy and Huey says, remember, whatever it takes to her, basically. Like, hey, like, I know he's a murderer, but we're doing whatever it takes to stop Homelander. And he basically knew the whole time and just didn't tell her. Now, here's the thing. when, And I know that the show kind of 
talks about this a little bit, and I hope they talk about it more. They talk about Butcher being a hypocrite. Well, Annie's kind of being a hypocrite here, too. Annie literally killed somebody in the last season. She fucking... The guy pulled out his gun to basically protect himself because he thought that they were a threat and they were lying, which they obviously were. And she basically used the power from his car and shot him back and cracked his head open, killing him. And we found out that he was a father. So she's a murderer, too. And it's just like, she's just being a hypocrite here. That's one of the things I'm like, okay, I hope they don't go down the cliche route later on still that she can't associate with Huey or the boys anymore just because they do heinous things and they they kill people. She's killed somebody too. So whether it was an accident or not in her, in their world, she still killed somebody. She's got blood on her hands. Um, we, um, Butcher then tells Huey, let's go. When Annie tells him not to go, Huey then turns around and leaves Annie with MM, uh, to go team up with Soldier Boy and Butcher to kill Homelander. The episode then ends with a close-up on Annie's face, and that's how the episode ends. Another great episode, another 10 out of 10. Uh, I just love what they do with this show. I think the show has just blown everybody's fucking underpants off, uh, figuratively, and just blown us out the water with the writing and just the way things build up and how they all happen. The characters get developed a lot, which I do really like and enjoy, and that's one thing that I do love about this show. Anyway, moving on. Episode number six, titled Herogasm. This has probably been the most anticipated episode of this season. Uh, some of you may be wondering, what is Herogasm? Well, I didn't know what Herogasm was until I heard of this show. And uh, uh, I've seen parts of what Herogasm is in the comics. And let's just say that, you know, it's not very... Uh, well, this show isn't already very kid-friendly. But let's just say that that pushes the limits, I would say. And this episode definitely did push those limits. Um, one thing I do have to say as well is that, um, apparently this episode had like to take out a couple of scenes or it had a couple of scenes that they left or something in here that basically if they would have kept them in or took them out or something, it would have basically made it to where this episode would have seemed drastically different. And they actually did a lot of stuff that they honestly weren't really able to get away with probably a long time ago, or maybe, maybe before a long time ago, but they had to do a lot of stuff to adjust it so they can keep what they had in there. And they what already what they had in the episode was very just like, whoa, I can't believe they showed all that. But anyway, moving on. Okay, we open up with The Deep recording himself as the boys TV show then mocks the Imagine video from the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, this was freaking hilarious. Uh, he talks about how, hey, you know, these superhero uh, terrorists or these superhero uh, incidents are affecting all of us, and they start singing Imagine with a bunch of other celebrities. I believe, like, Ashton Kutcher, um, Mila Kunis, and a bunch of other celebrities make uh, appearances. It was pretty funny. Um, anybody who... I, mean, I, don't, I, I, think, I don't think they showed Gal Gadot. No, they didn't. They didn't show her. Uh, but if they would have, that would have been fucking hilarious. Um, anyway... Um, we then immediately go to a video footage of Soldier Boy destroying Crimson Countess's little compound place that she was staying, where all those chimps are at or whatever. Uh, Homelander obviously knows, uh, Homelander's the, well, Homelander obviously knows that Soldier Boy's the one doing this. You can tell he's obviously scared by the look of his face. Uh, he shook up a little bit. Uh, Ashley, um, as he tells Ashley in the deep to keep this under wraps, don't tell anybody, basically, and he's gonna deal with Soldier Boy himself and kill him. And, but the way he says it, he just, he's nervous. You're like, you know, he just like, doesn't want to like, he's like, fuck, I could possibly die here. I don't want to even risk it. But because he's Homelander and he's the new CEO of Vought, he has to do something about this situation or else people are going to either lose faith in him 
or they're going to start saying bad things about him in the media again, and we all know Homelander can't tolerate stuff like that. Um, he then tells Black Noir, he goes, come on, Black Noir, and they both walk out, and uh, he then questions him, asking him if he knows if he can give any information, because Black Noir was on Team Payback, uh, alongside Soldier Boy and Crimson Countess, Swato, TNT Twins, and Mindstorm, and Gunpowder, I think that was it. And um, obviously, Black Noir can't say anything. He's a mute. He can't talk. Um, Crimson Countess, um, what's it called? Uh, Crimson. He asked about Crimson. Why would he kill Crimson Countess? They were boyfriend and girlfriend. And like I said, Black Noir obviously can't say anything. Homelander then thanks Black Noir for being the only person he can trust as he walks away. Black Noir then heads into the nearby elevator, tears out his tracking chip with his knife in a brutal fashion, hands it to the lady that's in the elevator with him, and then he runs away. Um, so this is interesting here, and I'm sure it has other stuff that will unfold later in the plot, and you guys will find out as I go uh, further deep into this uh, show's um, review or with other episodes. Um we are then with Soldier Boy, Billy Butcher, and Huey in a hotel as Bi- as Butcher and Huey have gone to get Soldier Boy some stuff to snack on and drink um, as they basically tell him what's going on. Soldier Boy is just kind of a douchebag. They give him some sort of drug that he mashes up to snort. Uh, he said something about, I think he said we use these to storm Normandy or some shit, alluding to the fact that a lot of our soldiers and during uh, times where we were at war, uh, people on the front lines actually did s- different types of drugs. Um, in order to combat the either harsh weather environments or just combat like their nerves and all all the bunch of other shit, basically kind of enhance in some senses our soldiers. So there's some truth to what he's talking about here. Um, uh, Huey then tries to lift uh, his shield uh, to no avail, and then as Soldier Boy then tells him to leave the fucking shield alone. And it's kind of crazy. I'm like, what is this shield made out of? I know they don't have. I don't know if they have vibranium or adamantium or any of that stuff in in this uh, in the boys' universe. It's a little more realistic and is set in our world, kind of. But uh, Butcher then basically tells him like, you can't kill your team by yourself. You fucking need us. You're in the future, basically. And um, same thing. Huey tells him the exact same thing. You're in the future. Do you even know what a Bluetooth is? A GPS? Do you know what any of that sort of stuff is? And then this is the funniest fucking part of this probably ep- well, probably one of the funniest part of this episode where Soldier Boy looks at him. He goes, "You made those words up it's like that." It's funny because it's like, you know, I, I I just think of the comparison to Captain America, where like you know, Captain America grew up in a time where they were very prejudiced towards a lot of people. They were kind of ignorant and. Uh, you know, they got the part right of Captain America coming back where he's, like, confused on technology. But um, I think this one, you know, with the boys and Soldier Boy, it's a lot more extreme with uh, American douchebag, stereotype, ignorant asshole. Which is, you know, it's pretty funny. Like, every time he says something, it's fucking hilarious because he sounds really stupid. And it just... But he is kind of a badass. Like, Soldier Boy is a badass. Like, the suit that he wears is dope. Uh, the outfit that he... Um, not the outfit. The shield that he has is fucking dope. He's a dope character. It's just that he's kind. He's well. He's not kind of. He is a piece of shit. Um, but he's basically Homelander. He's basically Homelander just from a different time. Um, Soldier Boy. Then after he tells him that you made that up, uh, they then tell him he's been replaced by Homelander, and Homelander is basically him. Soldier Boy is obviously ticked off by this, as Butcher tells him like, "Hey, we'll help you get revenge on your team as long as you help us kill Homelander." Soldier Boy then agrees. Um, we then go to Kamiko texting Frenchie, who is not responding, who has not responded to anybody's calls all day or texts. She tries to tell him um, that she wants to watch another musical, 
but he doesn't respond. Um, after that, we then transition to Annie and MM as they are both regrouping. MM basically says, fuck Soldier Boy, fuck Huey, and fuck Butcher. They're on their own, and he basically, that he's the only one uh, to hold them back. Here, telling him not to be stupid like Soldier Boy is basically invincible. Um, he, and he is. Um, start, uh, Annie's just like, you're dumb if you want to go take them on by yourself. It's a suicide mission. Uh, he obviously doesn't care. She has to talk him down to it and that we needed to be on the same page because obviously Frenchie is missing and Kamiko's in the hospital and then Huey isn't thinking right. Um, she is then called to go back to Vought's intel. Uh, she then tells, uh, no, she's then called back to go back to Vought. Uh, and then she then tells, uh, MM to basically stay put while she deals with what she's got to deal with. Um, after that, we transitioned to this funny-ass Vought Plus commercial about A-Train to Africa. It was A-Train getting back to his roots. It's completely bullshit, completely horseshit. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, it's just a nod about how these companies try to, uh, what's the word, relate to people of color with cheesy, uh, disingenuous stuff like this in order just to make a quick buck. Um, and it's just funny how they, they do this shit. Um, Ashley is watching... Uh, disgusted, uh, A-Train then walks in, pissed off, asking what she's gonna do about Blue Hawk, he then spews a bunch of nonsense about how this needs to be dealt with, Ashley then just puts him in his fucking place, basically telling him that he's just as much of a piece of shit as Blue Hawk, and he's got no problem and no issue hurting others, causing, uh, problems for others or anybody else, but when it happens to him, all of a sudden, he's not okay with it, um, and this was this was a great scene because it just points out the hypocrisy in a lot of these heroes and the boys and how when shit happens to them, they're pissed off. But when they do shit to other people, oh, no, like, you know what? No, that never. And example is Robin in the first episode. A-Trey literally runs through Robin and kills her. Take doesn't isn't even sorry about killing her. Barely gives Huey like a half ass apology. He kills his girlfriend, Popclaw, because he doesn't want to tell the public that they're dating and that he basically drugged her up with Compound V a bunch. And he kills her. And he's one of the reasons why his brother is paralyzed. Even though Blue Hawk physically caused him that uh, be paralyzed. But A-Train is one of the reasons why. Just because A-Train doesn't want to... A-Train has... He only looks out for himself and he's selfish. And then all of a sudden it's just... Oh, when, it ha when bad things happen to him, it's not okay. Um... We then go to the Deep and Homelander in the hallway where Deep says Black Noir is gone and he cut out his tracking chip. Homelander is clearly upset by this and just, like, distraught. And you see his face kind of twitching a couple of times like, he left me? Like, why would he? He wouldn't leave and he wouldn't run away. He's in sort of denial right now. And for those of you who may not know, um, there is a spinoff to The Boys called The Boys Diabolical. It is an anthology series. Um that are different styles of animation that have different directors and different writers and different voice actors voicing the characters. One of the episodes, which I believe is the, I want to say the eighth episode of the series, um, involves Homelander being basically brought out to be a superhero for the first time in the public eye. And it's a younger Homelander, probably in his maybe mid twenties. And um, he has to basically stop these people who are in a hostage situation. He goes in and he pulls the same move he does in The Boys Season 1 where he shoots his laser eyes at the gun and the gun accidentally explodes. But because the gun... So what he does is in this one, he basically flies forward really quick and bends the gun's... Um, 
what is he, he bends the gun's barrel and then i believe he he shoots la- shoots a laser at it and it causes it to explode and it kills uh some of the hostages and uh some of the people who are technically i don't know what you want to call them terrorists or whatever and he accidentally tries to he, he realizes an accident he feels genuinely sorry he's like oh fuck i didn't know i'm sorry i'm sorry they call him a monster and basically push him over the edge a little bit and he tells one of them to shut up and he pushes her against the wall really quickly ends up ripping off her jaw and he there's like one more left and he's like oh fuck i fucking holy shit what the fuck did i just do and then he turns around and he sees black noir staring at him in the in the, like in the hall in the hallway door looking into this area and he's like no 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 it's not what it no it's not what you think no please and then he gets mad and he goes what you're going to fucking hang me over one thing and he basically chases after Noir because he thinks that Noir is going to fucking tell on him and basically make him look bad. Because I believe uh, in, earlier in the episode, Madeline Stilwell tells him, watch out for Noir. Or be careful with Black Noir. And because of that, she told him he already has this thing in his mind that Black Noir is going to tell on me. I'm going to be fucked. I need to get rid of him and stop him. And he tries to uh, stop Black Noir to no avail pissed off trying to kill him black noir you see him once when he lands like no 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 no, like don't try don't kill me hang on but black noir can't talk so he's still chasing him homelander thinks he sees noir in the smoke and he flies into the smoke and crushes somebody realizes that it's another guy and he hit a gas tank and it blows up the whole fucking uh whatever you want to call this place this giant factory warehouse giant place that explodes and it leaves a giant mess in rubble and he kills all the other people that were there, anybody else who had been there, and it cuts out the news broadcasting that was being broadcasted at the time, and he is there, and there's one last lady left, and Noir is there, and it looks like Noir is going to save the lady from Homelander, and Noir grabs the lady as she's crawling to him, and he snaps her neck in front of Homelander, and Homelander's like, what the fuck? And he writes something, he stops, and tells Homelander to stop with his hands, and then he writes something on a piece of paper, and he shows it to Homelander, and we don't see what it is, and then we see Homelander and Noir uh, giving a speech on the news where Homelander's talking about how this was a tragedy, and how it wasn't meant to happen, and everything ends up making him look better in the end, even after all the people have died anyway. And Homelander then talks to Madeline Stilwell, saying that, you know, you were wrong about Noir, you know, things are, he's a good guy, and he helped me out or whatever, gave me some good tips. And then the episode closes with Noir drinking his tea through his mask somehow. I know I just gave you guys a brief explanation of that last episode, but the reason why it ties into this is because that episode is technically considered canon by the boys, writers, and directors. That episode is the only episode of that series that's considered canon because, and it shows the backstory. So basically, Noir is basically telling Homelander, like, yo, you ain't got nothing to worry about. I kill people too sometime when I got to kill them. You ain't got nothing to worry about, bro. And he killed him in front of her, like, yo, I'm good. I ain't going to tell on you. And it, that's the trust that, like, Homelander, like, the worst thing Homelander could do is kill somebody. He And he did that. And the worst thing he could do is ruin his public image and kill somebody like the way he does. And Noir, knowing that and keeping it a secret, basically telling him, like, hey, bro, I got you. I've done the same thing before. It's to Homelander's like, well, I got somebody I can trust because we both killed some. We've both killed people and we both know we kill people. So he trusts him why he trusts quote-unquote trust Maeve for the short period he does um same thing with the deep and fucking uh, a-train because they know what he'll do and when they betray him like that he just like fuck but noir was different because noir saw it was an accident and 
but it also turned into something even worse because Homelander lost control of his emotions. But that's why he's just so shocked. You're like, what? Noir wouldn't leave? Like, why would he? He wouldn't do that. Like, he he, he doesn't run. And it's understandable from Homelander's point of view. And, and also, like I said earlier, when it comes to the, the boys' diabolical... Um, I like how I said it. I gave you guys a brief explanation. That wasn't even a, I gave you guys all like a detailed explanation on the gist of that eighth episode of the boys diabolical. But yeah, so Homelander is basically upset because he feels that Noir kind of betrayed him. Like I thought I could trust this guy and he just leaves when I need him the most. And it's it's one of those situations where Homelander is kind of like a he's like a fucking big baby. It's like you know, anyone else's situation doesn't matter, but when it comes to him and someone messes up his situation, oh no, it's not okay. That's a reoccurring theme in this show with Homelander and Ben, who is Soldier Boy, um, and a lot of characters. Um, the Deep then tells him that Crimson Countess was most likely just the start, and that uh, Soldier Boy is going after his other team, rest of his team, including Noir. Uh, he then says that the TNT twins are the closest to them, who are in Vermont. Homelander then nervously tells the Deep to head to Vermont. And let them know, or let him know, basically, if Soldier Boy shows up. Basically, like, I'm not going to go. You got this. Just go tell me if he shows up. I'll be there as quick as I can. Um, Deep is obviously excited about this. He thanks Homelander and asks him what he wants him to tell the TNT twins. Homelander then tells him that he doesn't give a fuck. As Deep and his wife celebrate Homelander's approval. Here, as we can see, the Deep's wife is just as manipulative and shitty as he is. She is basically using Deep as a puppet. Uh, because Deep just can't think for himself. Deep has strings on him, no matter who that is. If it's Stillwell, Homelander, anybody, the Deep is not able to just, how do you say, carry his own bags. He's always got to have somebody there to guide him to help him carry his bags. And that's what his wife is. And and, and look, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not a piece of shit. He is a piece of shit as well. But his wife is also a piece of shit too. She knows exactly what she was doing. She, the whole reason she's here is because of the whole... Church of the Collective Scientology bullshit. That's the only reason that they're married. They got married to make him look better in the public eye. And now it's rearing its ugly head that she's married to this fucking idiot asshole. And he's also married to this manipulative fucking bitch. So. And then we transition to probably one of the greatest scenes of this show's history. We then have Homelander, who then gets his very own Green Goblin mirror moment. And for those of you who don't know what that is, if you're familiar with the Spider-Man Sam Raimi franchise, um, there are moments in the first two films uh, where the Green Goblin communicates to either Norman Osborn or to Harry Osborn through a mirror in their house. And the Green Goblin is basically like this alternate personality of Norman Osborn, a very manipulative, evil, cruel personality that he seems to be the only one who can uh, talk to him, see him, and it kind of drives Norman nuts because it's this voice in his head, this evil voice that keeps telling him to do bad things. And we learn more about that in Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And uh, they do that here in this. Homelander's mirror in mirror reflection basically starts talking to him. And um, how do you say it? He stands next to his mirror as a reflection starts to talk to him. And it seems that his reflection is part of his personality, is it will at least the part of the personality that doesn't hold back, the part that is just, just completely over the edge, batshit crazy. Um, Homelander then becomes vulnerable discussing the reason why he does what he does, as his reflection is trying to get him to reveal, basically telling him, come on, say it, tell me the reason why you do what you do, tell me your whole reason, why do you do anything, Why? what, do you, what is the one thing you want? 
And Homelander doesn't say anything. He goes, say it! And he scares the fuck out of Homelander. Homelander just tastefully tells him that he wants everyone to love him. This has been Homelander's main theme. Is that he needs the approval of others to, to go on in life. Other than that, if that's not the case, then he'll just kill everybody. Because that's his bread and butter. His social media is his bread and butter. His popularity is his bread and butter. His whole image is this patriotic American hero that people look up to, even though he does shitty things, is his whole gimmick. And without that, he's basically nothing. Without If he didn't have that, Vought had no, would have no need for him. Vought would can't shit can him so quick, even though, like, realistically, that's not the smartest thing to do. Because if you know how crazy this man is and that he will, he's kills people all the time and has no problem killing people... If you push him over the edge, it's going to be, it's going to like, you're going to fucking be responsible for the death of many people. He doesn't, at that point, if you basically take everything he loves away from him, he will not care and will kill everybody. And he has said this in the show. So, it's, it's just a brilliant scene. It's a brilliant scene showing the two sides of him and that it's kind of like he doesn't really want to, he doesn't really like being a piece of shit maybe. And the boy's diabolical goes into that more in episode eight where it's like he didn't mean to do what he did. It was just an accident. And he doesn't like the fact that they were good. Basically, they were basically like, oh, my God, you're a villain because you're dead. It's like, villain, I'm here to save you. Like, what are you? Why are you calling me these names? And Homelander is just he he's a baby. He's a fucking baby that needs the attention. And when he doesn't get the attention, he throws a tantrum. That's basically what it is. Except in this case, a tantrum could be killing somebody, lasering their fucking head off ripping their heart out throwing them into the sky until they hit the ground he can basically do whatever the fuck he wants it's just a matter of time and i can't wait till that mirror i can't wait till that personality in the mirror finally is the only personality in him where it just takes over and just completely obliterates a number of people uh i can't i can't wait for that so this was a great scene this is probably the best scene of the, of the series i would yeah this is probably the best scene in the series by far I can't really think of anything else like that. That is apart from the other scenes we're going to discuss later, but that is probably the best. Even if it's not the best, if it's not the best scene of this series, it's the best scene of this season. Definitely. So great on Anthony star there. I can't wait to see him in more stuff. And like I said, if you're telling me you don't want this guy to be reverse flash for DC, come on. This whole mirror scene basically is like, this is like an audition for reverse flash. Not saying in the similarities of character-wise, like, but I'm just saying, like, if this doesn't get you to cast him as a fucking crazy piece of shit like the Reverse Flash is, then I don't know what there is, Warner Brothers Discovery, to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. If you guys don't want to cast him as Reverse Flash at this point in time, it's knowing his catalog of what he's done, come on. Unless they already got a reverse flash, which in that case, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Unless unless in the Flashpoint film, they're going to make Barry the reverse flash, because that's because he basically is in real life. I don't know. Maybe they might do some shit like that. Who knows? Anyway, moving on. Uh, we then transition to Soldier Boy watching one of his old films on TV, uh, where we then see the TNT twins as he basically just goes off talking about them and how they could never hit their mark. They could never fucking hit their mark. Huey then assures Butcher is going to find them. Uh, he sees... Uh, a Starlight diaper commercial on TV, and he asks Huey, do men really walk around like that? As Huey then says, dads do. And Soldier Boy says one of the funniest lines of this season where he goes, no, 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 Bill Cosby is America's dad. And I'll tell you one thing, he wouldn't be caught dead in that pussy gear. Ah, the cause. Now that's a real man. 
holy shit did he make some strong drinks and as he says this fucking little these lines you look at huey's face like oh my fucking god like he does not know um it was just hilarious to talk about bill cosby I i thought it was funny soldier boy used to party with bill cosby that's just hilarious um Soldier Boy is clearly upset about the current state of America and the world since he's been gone for so long. Uh, he then talks about wanting to have his own little kids with Crimson Countess, who is obviously dead. Um, and he wanted to raise them up to be men, as he says. And now, basically, he has nothing. And remember this line, because this will come in later in the next episode or the next couple of episodes. Um, Huey then asks what happens in Midtown, as he then says he doesn't know, and he blacked out for like 10 minutes. Now, here I couldn't tell if he was lying. I don't believe he was. Um, I think he legit did have a blackout with his PTSD, and um, I I thought he was lying here, but I don't think he was. He then says that he doesn't know, uh, he doesn't know, and that he didn't know how he blacked out for those 10 minutes. He assures Huey that he didn't mean to hurt those people. Huey then says that won't happen again, right? As Soldier Boy then responds, only if they got it coming. So, Soldier Boy, to call him a hero, he's not a hero. Because a hero would worry about innocent civilian lives. A hero would would not utter what he just said, only if they got it coming. So, he's clearly not a hero. Anyone who says he's a hero, you're dumb. As cool as I think Soldier Boy is as a character, he's not a hero. He's a fucking asshole. Butcher then ends up saying that he has address and that they're heading to fucking Vermont. They all gear up as Huey and Butcher then inject themselves with temporary V as Soldier Boy walks in on them, tripping balls while the temporary V is taking effect. This was a cool little scene. We then transition to the deep at the TNT Twins' house, or should I say mansion or pad, whatever the fuck you want to call this place, in Vermont, where they're in like some... They look like they're just... They, they, they just got done fucking some people, and they, they look like they're in uh their robes or whatever the hell i think the uh, tnt twin the male one is like wearing a fucking golden like like short shorts it's pretty funny um they both then invite him into the house as he then realizes that he's just been that he's just been invited to the 77th annual hero gasm it's either 77th or 75th it's one of those and it zooms in on the deep's eyes as you can see people fucking through his reflection of his eyes and then we transition back to homelander getting ready for another media um little press conference appearance um with this uh basically his unaltered face he's just looking off into the distance a serious stoic no emotion on his face starlight then arrives and sits down his homelander um plays up with her whole relationship thing and then tells her he's really glad to have her here as annie then asks the interviewer who's sitting here next to her as victoria newman slash nadia shows up to starlight's surprise as starlight fakes a smile and then greets her the interview then begins as Starlight says that Homelander's doing everything that he can to stop the bad guys. And then it seems that they are basically on the up and up. But the interviewer then tells them that there are 19 people dead and dozens wounded. She then asks Congresswoman Newman what she thinks about the Americans who are scared. As Homelander basically calls her out right here and basically says that was a nasty ass question. What kind of fucking question was that? And then he says that the American people know when the media is lying to them and that he assures everybody is safe is safe to go outside and that they have the problem handled he then gets upset takes off his mic all pissed off and storms off as mad and pissed off as possible as ashley yells and curses at the interviewer basically you're never gonna get a fucking interview again i i see this is what i like about the show i love when homelander does something petty like this and bitchy and gets pissed off i love when ashley just like reinforces his fucking 
whole notion here and just backs him up and curses out the fucking reporter. You fucking bitch. It, it's just it's hilarious. Every single time. She's like his little chihuahua. Every time he he gets mad at someone, the little chihuahua barks at them as well with their little nip. And I love when every time she does that. It's just hilarious. Because he obviously doesn't he doesn't give a fuck about her. She knows that. But she's like, hey, I'm not going to die. I'm going to do whatever this guy says. I'm going to do it. Um, as he leaves, Nadia, who is Congresswoman Newman, then asks Annie uh, or then tells Annie and asks her if she's free so they can catch up. Starlet then tries to come up with an excuse as Newman then reassures her. Come on. Ten minutes won't kill you. And she's really this actress is really brilliant right here with her menacing way that she talks but it's also not supposed to come off as menacing it was great they then sit down to have a conversation when nadia asks starlight where's huey starlight then answers saying that he's with his dad camping for a couple of days nadia then chuckles saying oh okay that's good for a minute there i thought he was avoiding me because probably thinking i was gonna pop his head and it gets quiet like oh no like this is what's gonna happen here um and for those of you who don't know she is the woman who killed um the FBI CIA lady, uh, and like he was thinking, it was the first season or second season. She killed her, and then she killed everybody at Congress, where she fucking blew up all their heads and pretended like it wasn't her. And then she kills the um, Church Collective guy, whatever the hell his name is. Um, so that's just for those of you who don't know. Um, so okay, Annie then tells her and tries to play it off, but Nadia then tells her drop the act basically as Andy's eyes start to glow, threatening Nadia. As Nadia then tells her, put them away. She's not going to hurt. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt your families. And if you tried, you guys would lose anyway. Starlight then questions Nadia's actions in the past as Nadia calls Starlight out on her bullshit with Vought. And now she basically takes it up the ass from Vought still to this day after all she's gone through. And she's right here. Uh, Starlight is kind of a hypocrite. Starlight then tells her that she's right. She tells Nadia, fuck you, that she's tired of people telling her that she needs to be as shitty as the enemy and just a shitty person to be able to get through things. She then says she's fucking done with Vought and she's not doing it anymore. Basically, she's just kind of coming to her senses here, which I realized to myself, why didn't she come to her senses before? Uh, saying that she doesn't want to have to kill people or hurt people or be fake or lie to people to keep the peace just because of the people demand her to do so. Nadia then, and, and I feel like I've heard this from fucking Annie before, I've heard this so many times, she just never fucking left Vought, and we'll find out later what happens with her with this decision, um, Nadia then says, if not, Homelander's gonna kill you, uh, Annie replies basically, look, if you, like, if you fucking do anything, Homelander's gonna kill you, and Annie basically replies saying, well, if that happens, then I know I'm not gonna be working with the fucking nut job either way. Basically, I'm not working for you, or I'm not working for Homelander. If if you don't kill me, Homelander is, and if I don't, you're gonna kill me. I don't give a fuck, I'm not working with either one of you. So either pop my fucking head, or get the hell out. And I thought this was a cool scene. Basically calling her bluff, like, you're not gonna do shit. You're not gonna kill me right now. You don't need to kill me. There's no reason for you to kill me. It'll fuck your shit up. Nadia then walks up to her, and then says keep this between us, eh, like, it just blows it off, hey, keep this between us, saying that it would be tough to take out America's sweetheart, but not impossible, as she smiles, and this, I love, I love this actress, she does a really good job at playing a fucking bitch, playing a fucking, what is the word, like, a, a wolf in sheep's closing, she's really good at doing that, as she then walks away, as Annie starts to have a nosebleed, now, I saw people online debating the scene here, saying, oh, she tried to kill her, but she couldn't do it, no, she fucking didn't, if you paid attention to the dialogue at all, you would know that Nadia can kill Starlight anytime she wants, it may be hard, 
but it's not impossible. And that's what she did here by making her nosebleed. Like basically saying, hey, I can kill you anytime I want. I'm just not going to do it now. But here's a little teaser of what I could do to you. Makes her nosebleed. So anybody saying Starlight can't die from Nadia, you're fucking stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. Nadia is not going to kill her right now. And she can kill her. She really wanted to. So unless the directors, the writers, directors confirm that, oh, she can't kill her, then I'm wrong. But until then, I'm right. So for those of you making those misinformed opinions on, oh, she she couldn't kill her or she can't, she didn't kill her because she tried to, but she wasn't able to, man. No, she can fucking kill her if she wants to. She just doesn't need to right now. Pay attention to the dialogue and you will find out stuff about this show that you should have already known. Okay, so we then transition to Kamiko waking up tied up in a chair next to Sherry. I like saying Sherry, Sherry, Sherry. Tied up next to Sherry, who is also tied up as well. They were both kidnapped when we see the doors open as two Russian bodyguards walk in with Frenchie, who is naked, beaten, and battered. Beaten and battered as they tie him up to a metal pole stand uh, as they begin to handcuff him. As little Nina then walks in and admires him. Pissing off Kamiko as she goes over her favorite scars all over Frenchie's body. I thought this was a really good uh, character development for Frenchie. I didn't know he had these scars in his body. They obviously aren't trying to embarrass are trying to embarrass him at this point uh, in um, in his life with what little Nina is doing. Um, she goes over all the scars and says what they're from. Um, she says that one of them is where he, uh, he where there was a bar fight that he got involved in that he started. She calls him Sergey because that's his his given name, birth given name, she calls him Sergey, or Sergey, um, she, um, she gives a story on one of the scars where, um, bullets couldn't even stop Frenchie, she's like, bullets couldn't even stop my little Sergey, here's one where he started a bar fight, she then points to one of her favorite scars on his body, where he apparently dropped a glass and broke it when he was 14 years old, and his father told him to kneel on the glass and not to move until he said so, she says that even, um, how he didn't even move an inch, even though his father, like, literally left the house, got drunk, passed out in a whorehouse. Like, what she's basically pointing out here is that Frenchie will basically do anything. Frenchie's always going to be on a leash, is what she's saying. And as long as the master tells Frenchie to do something, he's going to do it no matter what. Frenchie's like a dog in this sense. Now, here's the difference between a cat and a dog. You leave a cat alone, for your, and you leave a cat alone at your house for a week. The cat will find a way to get out and survive and get its next food you leave a dog in a house by itself with no food or water the dog is going to die of starvation waiting for the owner to feed them so pointing out here in frenchie that frenchie is basically the dog he didn't get up when his father fucking left and told him to kneel in that glass as punishment even though his father was fucking gone he still didn't get up until his father came back probably forgot about it and then said get the fuck off thing what are you doing um basically butcher is the owner frenchie's the dog Anytime he's in something, Nina's the owner, Frenchie's the dog. No matter what he's in, in all his life, he's always been the dog that is on the leash to the master. So, um, after she tells him this, uh, she starts to um, embarrass him even more, saying that he likes to be insulted and that it gets him hard and all this other stuff. And it's just very uncomfortable because you're just like, oh, fuck. Like, is she, is she, tr like, are they going to show what I think they're going to show? And is she's doing this in front of the two of the most, two of the women that he's cared about most in his life to embarrass him. And he's telling her, no, please, like, don't, like, don't. And she then basically uh, gives him a choice 
of who to kill, Kamiko or Sherry. And Franchi then starts to cry. No, and she then tells him, make a decision, because if you don't, I'm going to kill both of them. And then after that, you're done crying. I'm going to fucking kill you. Kamiko then finally breaks free of her handcuffs and slits the throat of the man with the gun who was standing next to her, one of the bodyguards. He falls on top of her as the other guard then empties his clip of his pistol into the man's body, hoping that it got to her. Now, this was a little stupid. It, they are very confusing when it comes to Kamiko's powers in these episodes right here because she apparently loses her powers. And then in this scene, I, 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 uh, as much as I like this scene, I didn't like this part from the scene because it didn't make any sense. And like I told you guys, I'm going to be honest. If As much as I love this show, there are things, some things that don't make sense that I need clarification on and that I try to break down and explain to you guys. Now, I'll explain it to you right now what happens. So... As um, he, the guy emptied the clip into the body, the bullets, one of those bullets should have at least gotten her. I don't care what anyone says. Now, I am not an expert, expert, expert when it comes to firearms and when it comes to bullets penetrating through skin and bones. But I'm assuming that these people are part of the Russian mafia with little Nina. I'm assuming that they have the best of the best firearms, that they're most likely using some sort of hollow points or something here. I could be completely fucking wrong, but I would think that the Russian mafia would use some of the best bullets. I don't know. I, I would think that they would, unless the man was wearing a bulletproof vest and he continued to shoot him and it didn't go all the way through. Now there is an, a perfect explanation right there. Oh, he was wearing a bulletproof vest and it didn't. It didn't. It went through. It penetrated the back and went through his body, but it hit the front part and didn't go through. So that could be an explanation here. I'm assuming they did wear. They would wear bulletproof vests. So that's going to be our explanation for the, what happened here. But. They didn't give one. So, realistically, I'm going to say she should have fucking died here. She should have been killed or at least been fatally wounded again. Um, he then stands next to the guard who shot, emptied his clip into the body, then stands next to the body as she bites his ankle as he, uh, as he and her then get into a fight, as he beats the fucking shit out of her while um, Frenchie cries no. Um, Sherry then breaks free and knocks down little Nina, still handcuffed. As she gets then thrown against metal barrels by the guard that's fighting Kamiko. As Kamiko then gets thrown around like a fucking ragdoll. And the Russian bodyguard then punches her in the face. And then starts to punch her and caving in her fucking ribs. As you can hear her ribs bleeding. and or Not bleeding. You hear them bleeding. You see them bleeding and you can hear her ribs cracking. Many of her ribs start cracking to the point of near death. As Kamiko then grabs a metal spike near her and stabs the man, causing blood to squirt everywhere. She stabs him in his thigh, squirt everywhere as he cries. She then stabs him in the chest and then continues to stab him constantly until there's blood all over the camera, blood all over the screen, and blood all over her and him. And she's just left in a fucking bloody mess. This was similar to season one when you first get introduced to her when she kills the fucking traffickers. Um, and they're both covered in blood as she is just like crying, kind of. And, uh, as Frenchie then says that little Nina is gone and that it's over. Okay. This scene, he should have killed her. I'm sorry. She doesn't have her powers back at this point. So why should she survive all those clear shots to the rib? This small little Asian woman that is probably what in her mid twenties and this big ass fucking 30 plus year old Russian bodyguard who is over six foot is caving in her fucking ribs and cracking them. And you can hear it. And she's still not fucking dead. And at this point in her life, she's not even 100% healed from what happened uh, in Russia. She was in the hospital. So what's going on here? How did she survive? Now, 
here's a theory that I do have. That Soldier Boy's gamma ray nuclear blast that he shoots out of his chest depowers you, but it only depowers your powers for a short amount of time. Maybe a week, maybe two weeks. And maybe it depends, varying on whatever your powers are. But that's my theory of how she was able to survive this whole encounter was to basically basically that her powers were coming back but they weren't coming back at the speed she probably wanted them to other than that she should have died here i didn't want her to die i don't want kamiko to die i just i think that this scene should have been written a lot better because it just doesn't make any sense because if kamiko can't die here what you know and this you know what what the fuck it doesn't make any sense so I don't know. I think the scene was not very well done. I think the scene was done very well dialogue part, dialogue, but action and choreography and stuff that just didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense here. If the guy wasn't if the guy that the one bodyguard shot through with his gun didn't have a bulletproof vest on, she should have had at least one of the bullets penetrate her body and injure her fatally. And even with that, she should have when her ribs were getting caved in, when your ribs are cracked, they can puncture an artery. They can make it to where you can't breathe. So I don't understand how, she, you know, the woman say, oh, the adrenaline. Come on, buddy. I, I don't know what to tell you there. That, that doesn't make any sense. Um, anyway, we then transition to Annie and M.M. on their way to Vermont. As Annie then asks him about his family and then says that he grew up in, uh, M.M. then says that he grew up in Harlem. And that one day, Soldier Boy was outside of their home trying to stop these kids who were boosting a Benz, uh, Mercedes Benz, uh, trying to rob it, take the car. Um. He then goes to wake up his grandpa, let him know that Soldier Boy is there, as Soldier Boy then throws the bands through their house, missing M.M. by about six inches, but it killed his grandpa. I don't know what Soldier Boy was doing here, but I, he threw the car, and it hurled its way into M.M.'s home, killing his grandfather. Um, M.M. then blames himself because he's the one who woke up his grandpa that night. Now, I'm assuming when Soldier Boy went in to go see what he fucking did, he saw there was witnesses there, and he ended up killing the witnesses which were his parents and i believe his brother as well i'm not sure uh he then talks about how um he can't get soldier boy out of his head because ever since that night he feels that soldier boy will come back one day and kill his family this is obviously ptsd from the situation on mm's part um they then arrive at the tnt twins house they are then greeted by Love Sausage, who is the man that has the power to grow his penis to any length as he recognizes Starlight and tells her she is welcome to party with them at the 70th annual Hirokism. 70th annual. I knew I wrote it down somewhere. It wasn't the 77th. It wasn't the 75th. It was the 70th. 70. <laughs> it was the 70th. I can't say it. The 70th. 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 70th annual Hirogasm. Oh my god, that took longer than it needed to be. Uh, he then questions M.M. saying that he is not the soup. M.M. then says that he's with Annie, that he's basically... Annie then says that he's, oh, he's great at cunnilingus. He's great at eating pussy. It's fucking, this was hilarious. And uh, she does this in the, probably the most hilarious way to cover up for him. As Love Sausage then says, oh, you're both invited to party. Come inside. As they then walk into this massive orgy, seeing all these superhero sex stuff, a fucking flying dildo, termite, all this... Is it's fucking crazy how they were able to get away with showing all of this. Like, there's people fucking in this scene. I'm like, oh my god, they're showing all of this stuff. Um, you see men, women, uh, all these people fucking. 
MM and then, then says that Frenchie always wanted to come to one of these and he's going to be pissed when he finds out that he came. Termite then grows to his actual size, covered in some sort of liquid, which I'm assuming is jizz, and he then bumps into MM on purpose as MM then tries to, MM in disgust, then tries to wipe off his favorite jacket as he then says they got to get everybody out of here, or Annie then says they got to get everybody out of here. Soldier Boy's going to be here. It's going to be a massacre. He's going to kill everybody. And as he's going to look for, as he's going to around look for other people, he then opens these two doors and he's then covered in fucking semen. As he then says he needs to use a restroom, as the guy goes, "Oh, lick it up, you you delicious little brown bear." He says to him, "It was so fucking nasty." Um, he then says he needs to use the restroom. This is a funny ass scene. We then go to Huey, Butcher, and Soldier Boys. Huey then realizes that it's. Really an orgy that they're at, and Butcher says he it's Herogasm. Fucking Herogasm. Soldier Boy then says that he founded Herogasm in 1952 with another superhero named Liberty, who is fucking storefront. He then calls her a fire. Oh, wow, she was a firecracker. Alluding to the fact that they most likely had sex. And like I said, obviously, for those of you who don't know, Stormfront is obviously Liberty. That's the name she used to go by before she was Stormfront. She basically is immortal, except that she's not when it comes to being damaged anyway uh he probably fucked liberty and it's crazy because he said he beat his meat into a cup so I, you know you know but anyway um butcher then also says that frenchie is gonna be heartbroken that he missed this and this is pretty funny they're both like man frenchie wish he would have came to this it was hilarious um he then says that there's a lot of people inside or huey then says there's a lot of people inside uh and soldier boy then says if they stay out of my way they'll be fine and uh, Huey then tells him to give him a couple of minutes so he can teleport inside and basically look at the layout of the house, find out where the twins are, and then let in Soldier Boy. Starlight is then seen talking to Blue Hawk inside. Blue Hawk is naked. She then tries to warn him of Soldier Boy as he kind of laughs at her, saying that he's dead, Soldier Boy's dead, and that she's just in fear because of the media. And he blows her off and tells her that Homelander's going to take care of it, and then he's going to go find somebody's salad toss. Okay, so here's the thing I wanted to say about Blue Hawk. All right, now... It is fairly obvious, and if you don't notice this, I don't know what to tell you. It's fairly obvious that, that this show is willing to make fun of right-wingers, extreme right-wingers, and label people on the right-wing side as extreme, patriot, racist, ignorant idiots. Now, the farthest they'll go with the left, they won't talk about they won't talk about gay people, really. They won't talk about transgenders, really. They don't talk about BLM. They don't talk, they don't talk about a lot of this stuff. They don't talk about, like... It's very easy to see which political side they're pulling punches on, and they're obviously doing it for the left. Now, I said before I didn't notice it. I, I didn't notice it as much this season as I did last season. That season they were basically oh straight up Nazis. They still do it in this season, just not. It's not as much. Some would say that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about here. Like, what are you talking about? It's obvious. It's not as much from the second season that I can say because I enjoyed the season a lot more than the second season, but. For those of you who don't notice the obvious political bias in this show, there is one. Now, it's not completely biased, but there's still a bias. So, Blue Hawk is basically every every news media's extreme right-winger, ignorant, white asshole that is stupid and ignorant and racist. And this is just... He's basically that in this show. That's exactly what he is. I have yet to see them do something to like the farthest they probably went was in like the what the second episode when they're chasing crimson countess and you see like blm blts lgbtq kebabs and all, all this other stuff and everything 
that's I think that's like the farthest they've gone this season when it comes to making fun of that side of the political spectrum. But I'm gonna leave it at that just because I don't want to keep talking about this. But hey, for those of you who don't notice it, I don't yeah, hey, good on you for I guess for not noticing it. I noticed it right away. Um after Blue Hawk says he has some of salad to toss, Huey then teleports inside looking around as the orgy is going on with this dumbfounded look on his face. Uh and um we then go back to Starlight who hears somebody speaking in the other room as she then walks in on the deep getting his dick sucked by an octopus sorry a mollusk as she then takes a picture to blackmail him and then tells him that homeland is gonna love this as the deep then tells starlight with a fucking mollusk octopus on his penis that homelander is the reason that he's here basically stating the fact that homelander told him to go to vermont and let him know when soldier boy shows up those of you who paid attention know that that was said earlier we then see Huey walking around again, naked. I forgot to say that he is naked. Uh, for those of you who don't know, when Huey teleports, he loses all his clothes. So he's naked in this scene. Um, Huey walking around again as the TNT twins are arguing over asshole videos that... Um, uh, they're arguing over these asshole videos that one of them took... I think it was the dude who took a female, a people in the bathroom. He took a bunch of asshole videos in the toilet. Um, we then see uh, A-Train... He then bumps into Huey by accident as they both recognize each other. And Huey goes off on A-Train as a uh, about A-Train never apologizing for Robin, who is Huey's ex-girlfriend that was killed in the first episode by A-Train when he literally ran through her, literally ran through her. A-Train then seems to finally genuinely apologize to Huey about the death of Robin. Huey then punches A-Train as A-Train looks at Huey asking, how the hell did you do that? implying to the audience that A-Train is now suspicious to the fact that Huey had enough strength to hurt a soup superhero by punching him in the face. So, this was a cool little scene. Like, how the fuck did you do that? Like, whoa, what the fuck is going on here? Like, you just fucking punched me, bitch. You shouldn't be able to hurt me. I'm a fucking soup. I got durability and blah, blah, blah. Um, Huey then tells him that he'll show him how. And uh, Annie then intervenes right away, telling uh, A-Train to get the hell out of there, even though you don't deserve it. She then um, asks if he's here, uh, or asks why uh, Huey's here, uh, and says that Soldier Boy is only here. And Huey then says Soldier Boy is only here for the TNT twins, and that's it. And he, uh, she then tells, uh, or she then tells Huey that there's people here, and then that um, they don't basically just get to decide who to serve up on a platter to Soldier Boy. As she then tells Huey that Homelander is coming, and the Deep told her, basically. To Huey's, like, oh, fuck, Homelander's on his way? Oh, fuck, it's gonna be a massacre. She then uh, begs him to help her, as Soldier Boy then arrives and walks in, starts walking around, as um, uh, she then says that she has to stop him. As Huey tries to get her to stop, he grabs her, tackles her, and teleports her back to their car as they're both naked. She is pissed off at him. And he, and she's like, why the fuck would you do, like, why would you do that? I have to save them. And he, she go, he basically tells her like, I saved you, Annie, this whole time. All I've wanted to do is save you. And she's like, you, you keep saying that I don't need you to save me. Huey then tells her, of course, you have to always be the stronger one than me. I got to be the weak one. You always have to save me. And then, uh, she says, no, it doesn't. And she then tells him that you said that the whole me being stronger than you didn't bother you on our first date. And he then reveals that, yes, it does bother him. She then tells them, you know, Huey, I used to think it was the drugs fucking you up, but this is really just you. And this scene fucking pissed me off. I, I just want to note right here, this shit pissed me off. He saved her, and she couldn't put herself in his shoes about how he feels about the situation. And then she condescendingly talks down to him after, after what, 
Like, uh, this reminded me of the Invincible Amber moment. When Amber starts bitching at, at Mark in the Invincible show that I knew you were invincible the whole time. So it's like, why are you, if you're fucking, why are you pissed off at him? I'm pissed off that you didn't tell me you were invincible. But you, you literally yelled at him for asking him, where the fuck did you go when those things were attacking him, those uh, those robots that were attacking him in the episode where they're at the college. And then the, apparently the whole time she knows he's invincible. And it's like, fuck you, Amber. And in this show, it's like, fuck you, Annie. You're one to fucking talk. You killed somebody in the last season. Some guy who was defending himself from you guys and he thought you were a threat pulls out his gun that he was rightfully able to carry. You fucking used the power from his car and you launched him back and cracked his head and killed him. You fucking killed him. Either you killed him or you severely fucking knocked his ass the fuck out. But she killed him. She's killed people. So her being a hypocrite here, like she's been a hypocrite through most of this fucking season, but her being the fucking hypocrite here and basically saying like, I don't understand what you mean by you want to save me. Bitch, put yourself in his fucking shoes. This is like a constant thing. Like, it just pisses me the fuck off. Oh, I don't want to put myself in your shoes. Like, they'll do this in this. They'll do this with like characters like her. Oh, you need to understand how I feel, but I won't understand how you feel. And now one might say, well, he did tell her he didn't care about it, so why would she worry about it? Which is true, but still, it's just really fucking annoying to me. And I like Starlight as a character. I just think that this shit is a common thing we see in films when it comes to females and men in films, and it's just really annoying to me. We then see M.M. in the house walking around as him and Soldier Boy both make eye contact, seeing each other as M.M. then pulls out his gas grenade that they have, throws it at Soldier Boy, and Soldier Boy just picks it up and fucking smokes it and inhales it right in front of him, showing that, hey, this ain't gonna do shit to me, son. He goes, Holothane. And it was, I guess, Holothane gas. M.M. then tells him that he killed his family, and Soldier Boy then nonchalantly says, which one? As M.M. gets ready to fight him, stupidly, I might say, as Butcher then walks in telling Soldier Boy, I know him, uh, referring to M.M., as Billy Butcher then tells Soldier Boy the T and twins are in the, the TNT twins are in the other room. As Butcher then walks up to M.M., as M.M. tells him, what the fuck, what, you get Homelander, but I can't have Soldier Boy, as he then calls Billy a fucking hypocrite, which he is. Um, he then tells him to move, as he then grabs a wooden bat from a case nearby, swings it at Butcher, um... The TNT twin, we go to the TNT twins who are then viewing the asshole videos. Uh, Soldier Boy then walks in saying, um, say, uh, saying, uh, how are you kids? Or she's like, how are you kids? And says that, that, that oh, it looks like that poop shoots had a workout. Uh, and now it looks like the Lincoln Tunnel, which is pretty funny. He said something, he said something along those lines. I don't want to fuck it up what he said, but I think he said, it's like, he's like, hey, you kids, hi, you kids. Oh, that poop shoots had a workout. It looks like the Lincoln Tunnel. He said something like that. That was it was, it was fuck. It was funny. Whatever he said was fucking hilarious. Talk about an asshole basically and blown out. Oh my god! It looks like the Lincoln Tunnel. Ha 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 ha! Hilarious. I thought it was funny. Tessa of the TNT Twins says that hey Ben, which is Soldier Boy's real name. Hey, and then we go back to MM swinging the bat at Butcher until it breaks. Obviously, it's not gonna hurt Butcher. He's got temporary V in him. He's basically Homelander with no flight, see-through powers, or a couple other things. Um. The TNT, twin, TNT twins boasted that Nicaragua wasn't their fault. Soldier Boy then tells him to tell him whose fault it is, and they say, uh, and then he's like, hey, tell me whose fault it was, and I might let you live and go free. And then blame it on Noir, blame it on Black Noir, saying, yep, it was all Noir's plan from top to bottom that he's the one that gave him up to the Russians. Soldier Boy says that there's no way that Noir would take a shit without Bot say so. As we then start hearing this Russian pop music playing in the background as Love Sausage is having sex. And it then triggers the PTSD from Soldier Boy as he then blacks out, explodes, and kills everybody in the nearby radius. 
as the TNT twins try to very comically use their powers that they haven't used in a long time as they fail and they both fucking die here along with a bunch of other soups who get killed and are severely injured along with this house collapsing on itself basically. We then go back to Annie and Huey both wearing clothes now as they hear the explosion and Annie says that she needs to go she needs to go. Huey then tells her he's not going to let her go. Uh, she then uses her powers and pushes him back about 15 feet. This is fucking annoying me again as well. We then transition back to the rubble and the damage where multiple people and soups are all burned, dead, injured, limbless, or dead, like I said, <laughs> or they're dead, or they're dead, <laughs> as the whole house has just basically been destroyed, except small little parts. Uh, we then see Love Sauce is running out with his penis burnt, and it's fucking like, he's like, as his penis is all burnt and messed up. You see the deep running around in the background. Uh, we then see the deep running out in his underwear with the octopus slash mollusk in his bag as he yells at the octopus. I don't want to hear it. Uh, I don't want to hear about it as he hops in the Hummer and he fucking leaves. Blue Hawk is then running out scared shitless about what just happened as Adrian then tells Blue Hawk he needs to talk as Blue Hawk says, where the f like says, what the fuck? There's no there's a fucking psycho in there. As A-Train then grabs him by the neck as Blue Hawk says, get your fucking hands off me. As A-Train then says, you hurt a lot of people and you hurt my brother. You're not going to get away with it this time. And as he then fucking proceeds to throw fucking Blue Hawk smack face first on the ground and drags him by his fucking legs or his leg all the way down the fucking street in his last fucking breath and his last... His, his last run with the A-Train, basically, he drags his fucking face and his body across the pavement and it scrapes off his fucking face, scrapes off part of his torso, part of his limbs and everything. As A-Train then down the street lets go of him, as his heart starts beating really hard, he then has a heart attack, collapses, and he dies there, avenging his brother in his eyes. Um, fucking crazy scene. I thought that was, was fucking crazy. Uh, we then transition to Termite, who is shrunken, bloodied, and injured, crying for help. Somebody please fucking help. And as Homelander just steps on him, probably didn't even know he was fucking there. It'd probably be a little funnier if he knew he was there. Just like, yeah, fuck this guy. Steps on him. Um, Homelander then comes into frame as he steps on him, and he walks inside of the house and through all the rubble. We then go to Butcher, who is waking up from being unconscious after the whole explosion. When Soldier Boy caused the explosion, it knocked out Butcher and a bunch of other people. He checks on MM to make sure if his pulse is still going. He's alive, which which is good. Um, Soldier Boy then stumbles in as Butcher asks him, what the fuck? Is everything shorted? As Soldier Boy asks him, what the fuck happened? He blacked out again, exploded, killed a bunch of people. Uh, and then Homelander then walks in as they all confront each other. And I did not think we were going to get... This was towards the end of the episode, and I'm like, bro... I was watching this with Darius, and I'm like, bro, they're not going to show shit. They're like, this is going to end at the end, everybody dying. And it's going to be like a, a cliffhanger. Nope. Soldier fucking Homelander then walks in. He goes, Soldier Boy and William Butcher. I should have knew you guys were the ones planning this. And he tries, you know, he tries to be this, he tries to be intimidating by the way he's talking. You can tell he's trying to be intimidating by the way he's talking. Um, Obviously, like I said, nervous. And the way he tries to talk to Soldier Boy and Butcher, like he's trying, he's nervous, obviously, but he realizes he's got to show his dominance here. Uh, before he then reminds Butcher, hey, we had a deal. We had a deal to fight to the death. And guess what? Deal's off. And he lasers him against the wall, knocking him out. Now, here I'm like, okay, did Homelander try to laser him to kill him? Or did Homelander just laser him with enough power to like push him back and hopefully to break his spine and knock him out and kill him? Or at least severely hurt him? I don't know. It was a little confusing here. But Butcher had the temporary V in him, so obviously it wouldn't affect him like if he was a normal human, 
with no powers. Now, I'm just assuming here homeowners just being lazy, like knocking them out. And which is a little shocked, like, what the fuck? Like, how the fuck did you get up from that? You shouldn't have been able to get up from that right away. Or not right away, at least, but, like, soon enough. So, I'm just going to go with Homelander wasn't trying to kill him here. Um, He then tells Soldier Boy that he's always looked up to him. Homelander then tells him that he was the only one that was nearly as strong as him. As Soldier Boy then says, buddy, you think you look strong? You're wearing a cape. You're nothing but a cheap fucking knockoff. As Homelander then replies, oh, no. Oh, no, no. I'm the upgrade. And boom! Flies at him like Superman and pushes him against the wall. This was so fucking cool. I love seeing this scene. Homelander then flies forward as fast as he can and knocks Soldier Boy into the wall, attempting to use his laser eyes on him. And Soldier Boy and him then both get into a fight of the ages. A fight of the two strongest people in the show. A fight that I thought I would not ever see in this episode, or at least in this fucking fucking show i didn't think that we were going to show a cinematic fight like this this was fucking amazing um as they start to fight him and soldier boy are both going back and forth um i didn't think we were, like i said i didn't think we we're gonna fight with the magnitude of this awesomeness in the show mm then wakes up as uh andy then tells them that hey they got to get everybody out of here mm clearly wants to fight soldier boy which i said is a stupid idea she then tells him that it's not she doesn't control him he doesn't control him and she tries to bring him back to his senses. He then agrees to help get everybody out of there as fast as they can. We then see a test of strength between Soldier Boy and Homelander, as Homelander is clearly seen to be winning. Um, so he then kicks, uses like a front kick, and he kicks Soldier Boy against the wall. Um, they they got away with a lot of stuff here, showing a lot of stuff off screen, which I didn't mind because they gave us a lot in this fucking episode and this season. Um, as um, Butcher then uh breaks up the whole fucking thing but then he goes you hear but you butcher walks down these stairs and he goes oi and homelander looks at him and he just lasers him against the fucking wall knocking him back and it's homelander's like what the fuck like how the fuck did he do that like holy shit i love this scene like just seeing homelander just like what the fuck holy shit how did he do that um he then looks at Butcher and says, what have you done? As Butcher replies, scorch earth. Which Homelander then says earlier in the season to him that they're going to scorch earth. Um, and uh, as this whole thing, like I said, it was a callback to the earlier episode. Uh, when um, they both start to fight and they're clearly pretty evenly matched. As Soldier Boy then yanks Homelander by the cape, throwing him against the wall. As Soldier Boy and Billy Butcher have this Captain America Civil War type fight with Homelander. Uh, it's very reminiscent of the scene, like I said, in Civil War, when, Captain America Civil War in the MCU from 2016, when uh, Cap and Bucky both fight Iron Man, which is just, it's just a really cool scene here. Um, Homelander then has Butcher by the neck against the wall as Butcher struggles. Huey then teleport, teleports in, saving Butcher by throwing Homelander to the side. And Homelander looks at Huey like, what the fuck? You have powers too, basically? And he tries to laser Huey as Huey then teleports. Homelander misses. All three men end up getting uh, getting Homelander down to pin him to the ground as Homelander struggles just like, ah, screaming while his eyes are turning red. This was a fucking cool scene. He's basically like a wild animal. You're just holding him, hold him down and fucking put him down. It, it reminds me of that one show. What was it? Um, it was like the one where they kill, they kill like alligators and stuff. Where like they go to Louisiana, they kill alligators and like they hold down the alligator and they shoot him in the head basically. I thought that's what this reminded me of. Um... As all three men both struggle to get Homelander down, they're holding him down as Billy then tells, Huey, get the fuck out of here. And he goes, fuck no, I'm not going, I'm not going anywhere. I'm fucking staying here. As they're all holding him down, trying to get him killed and depower him, um, 
Soldier Boy takes too long here as Homelander then gets pissed off, finds a way to escape. Boom, knocks them all down and flies up like Superman and he escapes with his life. Now here, this scene was a little weird, okay? As much as I love this scene, I'm over here wondering how how come home why didn't Soldier Boy why wasn't he able to do it? Was Soldier Boy holding back here? I don't know. I'm not sure. Because he should like if it took him that long to kill the TNT twins when he did it in like what less than 15 seconds, it should have taken him that time or a little less to kill him here. I don't, I don't know. I thought I, other than that, the scene was great. We then go out to see MM and Annie tending to the injured people as Huey, Soldier Boy, and Butcher walk out. As um, we then realize that they oh they fucked they failed they failed everybody is fucked up. There's people fucked up. They got EMTs. They got to do a lot of stuff to help these people. They all make eye contact with Huey and uh, um, Annie and MM and um, Butcher. Butcher makes eye contact with MM. MM's obviously pissed off at him. Um, shows his disapproval of Butcher and Huey. Same thing with Annie as well. She looks at Huey as they all both as Huey and Butcher walk away with Soldier Boy. And Annie and M.M. are just, like, disappointed in them. M.M. I could see a little bit more disappointed. Annie, not so much. Annie's done fucked up shit, too. Um, we then transition to Kamiko and Frenchie as uh, he's tending to Kamiko's wounds. This scene is a little confusing to me because, like I said earlier, I'm just not sure how... I'm not sure if Kamiko has her powers back because anybody of her size without powers is definitely would have been dead from the fight that she's been in, was in the warehouse. So... Um, like I said earlier, I'm not sure if the powers de depower you temporarily. Uh, it just didn't make any sense here. And I thought, I think this was just a little bit of lazy writing in this scene. Um, she then tells, um, uh, uh, Frenchie that she always thought the compound V is what made her a monster, but that this has always just been her. Frenchie then tells her that she's not a monster. She then tells him that those things that little Nina said about him are not true as they both embrace. And this is a really sweet scene. We then see Homelander staring off in his mirror, looking at his reflection, seeing the bruise on his face. This is probably the first bruise that he's ever seen in his life. And he looks at it like, oh, fuck, I've just been hurt for the first time in my life. And he's scared here, obviously. His reflection doesn't talk to him in this scene. He's fucking scared. Um, and he realizes here that, yo, he can be harmed, hurt, and possibly killed. We then go to EMTs on the scene where all the soups are either dead, injured, badly, where Annie then decides to have M.M., have her do an Instagram live where she basically says that Homelander and Vought don't got anything under control. That soldier boy is alive. He's the one who caused this. And she knows it sounds crazy, but he's alive. He caused this giant massacre. She says that soups don't care about people. They just care about their image and Homelander has hurt people and that he has done something to Queen Maeve. She then says she doesn't know what Vought is going to do to her for telling the truth. She's done with that. She's not Starline anymore. Her name is Annie January. And then she fucking quits as the episode closes out and ends. And I just want to say this. Great episode. Great episode besides those minor little details. And look, I'm going to get some heat for this. But this is the first episode in the season where I've just noticed a little bit of lazy writing with the Kamiko thing. And I'm going to go ahead and just give this one a 9.9 9 out of 10. That minor little grievance there. Actually, no. The, the Kamiko, okay, I'm going to give it a 9.5. 9.5 out of 10. As much as I love this episode, it's probably the best episode of the series and season. That minor thing with fucking Starlight being a hypocrite and then the show just not noticing it. And then Kamiko not being able to die when she clearly didn't have her powers. Those two things made it a 9.5 for me. Hey, you may not like it. I, and 
that's fine, completely fine. But a nine, this is the first one of the season that I've given a nine point five. I haven't given everything else a pretty much a ten. I think I gave everything else a ten. So anyway, that ends episode uh, six of the boys season three. Like I said, nine point five out of ten. I gave you guys my reason why. Other than that, it's the most enjoyable episode of the series and season. Great episode. I can't wait to keep moving on to the next one. And also, too, I wanted to note that um, they also said that this was, like, one of the hardest episodes to shoot. Uh, and I can understand why, just because they had to get away with so much X-rated content in this episode. Like, a couple of people I heard say that this episode damn near almost made it to X-rated just because of all the sex that they didn't show in this episode. So, for those of you saying, oh my god, they didn't do enough, they did all they could, literally. And this is a streaming service, too. This is a streaming service that um, they own and that they can basically do whatever they want because they don't have to really bow down to anybody except like maybe sponsors or anything like that but other than that like it's like once they have their own streaming service it's just like a you can do whatever you want basically um anyway moving on to episode seven episode seven of the show um this is the right before the season finale um so okay so here's the thing about i want to say about herogasm some people think that it's going to be a hard episode to live up to and yes, for the future, I'm not saying that the next two episodes didn't live up to Herogasm. I'm just going to let you guys know right now that it's a bit of a come down for the next two episodes. Um, the next episode like we're doing right now is episode seven, episode seven titled Here Comes a Candle to Light You to Bed. Um, this is another good episode. This episode is an hour and five minutes long. And this is, like I said, I, I love this shit, bro. Over an hour, hour and five minutes. Herogasm was an hour and one minute. Like I, I'm looking right now at the Amazon thing, and I can't find a single episode below an hour. Nope. Yeah, everything is everything is everything for this season is at least an hour and above. So thank Amazon Prime for that. I just want to say thank you to you guys and the creators of the boys for not uh, what being skimpy when it comes to the um, content that we get. Um, some people may say a lot of the episodes are filled with filler. I don't care. Like that, a lot of that is just character develop character development for me. So, anyway, on to episode 7. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. So, we open up with a new special. Uh, with a new special. Uh, Ashley is just discrediting Starlight. Um, shutting down everything about her, basically. Like, oh, she's lying. You know, she's uh, all this other bullshit. Basically, to just make sure that she doesn't get doesn't get a single word in, is not allowed to be able to say anything, and they're just switching the narrative from Vought is this piece of shit company to Starlight is a piece of shit person. Uh, character assassination is what they call that in the media. Um, we then go to Huey, the legend, Billy Butcher, and Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy is then seen to be having sex with these older women. Um, uh, and then they figure out, they're basically trying to figure out if there's going to be a plan uh, of who they're going after next. Um, Soldier Boy then says that they're going after one of his teammates called Mindstorm. Mindstorm is the guy uh, who was also in the payback flashback in one of the first episodes of this season. Um, basically, what he can do is, he, if you look him in the eyes, uh, he can basically induce you into a never-ending nightmare. And Soldier Boy goes over that here. So basically, don't look him in the eyes. Um, the older women there, apparently, I'm not sure if they were, what, ex-porn stars or something like that? Because it's like, oh, crap, they're older women, and they put them in there naked. It was pretty funny. But, uh, Soldier Boy had said something like, these, these ladies are ready to go. And he's over here fucking getting ready. It was pretty funny. Um... We then go to Homelander and Maeve, who is still alive. This is the first time seeing Maeve, I think, in a couple of episodes. Um, last time we saw her, I believe she got kidnapped. It was either the last episode or the episode before this one. I'm going to say it was episode probably five that she got kidnapped in. Um, 
she notices right away that Homelander is wearing concealer, and you can see it. If you're paying attention, you can see that he's hiding a bruise on his face. Uh, he tries to tell her that Soldier Boy um, depowers people, uh, and imagine if it happened to him or even her. And she says that she can't wait to not become a superhero anymore. Well, Homelander needs to be the superhero. She just wants to get out of it, and she just doesn't fucking care. And Homelander, you know, is like, oh, Maeve, come on. I wouldn't force myself upon you. Um, he then tells – she like they're talking about – he says to her basically, like, our kids would have been incredible. We would have had great kids. And she says that she'll basically – like, she's not having – never going to have kids with him. And he goes, Maeve, of course I'd never force myself upon you. Come on. And – those of you who hear that, when him say, hear him say that, he does do that in the comics, I believe, multiple times to multiple people. So, and apparently he did it to Becca as well. He raped Becca, apparently. Um, anyway, um, he then tells her that he wished he had kids together, and then he's gonna now he's just gonna harvest her eggs. Um, when he said that, I was just like, holy shit! Like he just went from, oh, maybe I'd never do anything to you. I'd never do that to you. You know, I care too much about you and all this other stuff. And then I'm gonna harvest your eggs. Anthony Starr is really good at just switching, like, just saying stuff, like, with no expression on his face, and just saying it till you're like, oh, fuck, he just said it nonchalantly, I'm gonna harvest your eggs. Um, uh, Maeve then says that this has to be the third best day of her life, because this is the day that she saw Homelander scared as he exits. Now, I want to note, I want to note that the place that they have her in prison here is fucking cool. Like, obviously, it's not cool if you're in prison, but it's just, it just reminds me of, like, some Avengers-type shit where Homelander is basically the leader, the leader of the Seven. The leader of the Seven's coming down to check on the prisoner, and the leader of the Seven comes down and opens these, these giant Star Wars open-type doors, and... It's just really cool seeing uh, the doors open. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a sucker for seeing cool stuff like this. I, I, I like seeing Homelander be the only one in power, tell everybody what the fuck to do. It, it's, it's cool seeing It's cool seeing uh, a superhero who's not really a superhero just do fucked up things. Now, one might say, oh, what about Deadpool? What about all these other type of people? Red Hood, Evil Superman. Look, I love the boys. I think this is a great show. Though it has some flaws, and I've pointed them out before because I'm honest on here, I always just enjoy the show. Anyway, um, as he exits, we then reunite with Frenchie and Kamiko, MM and Starlight. Frenchie, who is clearly on drugs, and Kamiko is clearly injured. Starlight then tends to Kamiko as Frenchie and MM try to regroup while Frenchie is fucking high. Um, we then go to Billy Butcher and Huey and Soldier Boy arriving miles out of Mindstorm's cabin. As they gear up, and Soldier Boy then basically tells him, "Don't look him in the eye, and you'll be fine." Like I said earlier, um, Soldier Boy then hilariously just starts tripping. He, uh, they give him a bunch of weed to take off the. Well, Butcher gives him a bunch of weed to take off the fucking edge because he's got PTSD. And then Huey is just like, "You're giving him weed, and he's got PTSD. Like you do realize what can happen." Um, Soldier Boy then starts fucking thinking that people are talking. Like he starts walking, he thinks they're talking. And he goes the fuck did you just say and he just turns around and they're like say nothing mate you're all good you're just having a little bit of a go and it's like it, it, it's just hilarious the way jensen ackles does this it's like they'll be talking like look huey this fucking guy all we need him for is just stop fucking homelander and then what we're gonna do after we get it you guys fucking say something like what no mate we didn't say nothing it's just hilarious the way it just pans out just because it's like dude he's fucking high as fuck and he's just over here acting like a fucking dumbass it's, it's hilarious um Jensen Ackles is a beast. Uh, we then go to Black Noir, arriving at this abandoned Chuck E. Cheese type little indoor fun park. Um, I'm not sure where this was at. I'm trying to remember exactly where they said it was at, but um, 
he sits down in this little Chuck E. Cheese type indoor fun park restaurant place. It's like, it's like, you guys remember McDonald's when McDonald's used to have like the playground or something like that. It's like that, but except besides just being a playground, there's like a little stage there. And he begins to sit down in front of the stage. He starts pouring out all these old beans and cat food as his imagination starts to play little tricks on him. And he sees these little woodland critters or these little stage theater critters that are talking to him. And hey, <laughs> Hey, Irving, and these little woodland critter stage creatures, and they're talking to him, and I'm up here like, what the fuck is going on? And um, they basically start telling him, saying that you know they're here to comfort him, and then they start telling, eventually, Irving, you're gonna have to face Soldier Boy, and Irving slash Noir obviously doesn't want to hear this, so he takes his chair, pouts away, and takes it about three feet away, and turns around and sits down, and just hmm, pouts. You can't hear him talk. He just pouts. You just hear the sound effects of. <laughs> we then go to Soldier Boy, Huey, and Butcher with a PTSD Soldier Boy who's smoking weed. When they fall into Mindstorm's uh, a trap that he set, um, and Butcher is then accidentally put. Well, not accidentally. Butcher is then put into an endless nightmare where he remembers his abusive father and when his brother Lenny ended up killing himself because of the torture of his father. After um, I believe Butcher went to go fight in the war. Uh, or chose to go fight in the war, um, and when his brother was, ba- and he was basically helpless to his brother. Um, we then go back to Frenchie and MM watching Soldier Boy's footage from the lab, trying to get a grip on how to probably stop him. As Starlight is tending to Kamiko's wounds, Kamiko then tells her that she wants her powers back, and she wants Starlight to go uh, to Vought Tower and get her some Compound V. Um, Starlight, uh, you know, just morally just says she's unable to do something like this. All of a sudden, I can't do it now. And it, like, it's not your moral, Starlight. The reason why you can't do it, obviously, is just because you fucking quit Vought. You talk shit on them online. You show up in the fucking building again. You're going to meet Homelander or somebody else. That's why you don't want to do it. This whole moral shit that Annie keeps saying honestly pisses me the fuck off. Like, as much as I love Annie's character, I've just been getting so annoyed with the hip, like, just her being a hypocrite. Now, one might say, what about Butcher? He's a hypocrite. Oh, yeah, Butcher's a huge fucking hypocrite. And I say that on here all the fucking time when I'm talking about the boys. But they even acknowledge that in the show that Butcher is a hypocrite. They don't straight up tell Annie to her face, you're a fucking hypocrite. You've killed somebody. Why are you all of a sudden morally just trying to, you know, oh, I can't go get Compound V. That's against my morals. So it's just some stupid shit with her characters I don't like. Um... And also, she says, too, she's not sure if it'll even work a second time on Kamiko. Kamiko then shows her a message on her phone that we're not able to see, explaining probably how she feels. Um, we then go to Soldier Boy and Huey. Yes, Soldier Boy then questions why Huey loves Butcher so much. Huey then tells him that Butcher saved his life more than once and that he owes him. Soldier Boy then talks about how he, hey, I stormed Normandy and uh, he fought the Nazis. Um, and then Huey just calls him out and says, you didn't do shit. He's full of shit. As Soldier Boy just slaps the fucking shit out of him and telling him, hey, I warned you. So, the legend tells, I believe in that previous episode or in the episode earlier, that Soldier Boy never actually stormed anything. Soldier Boy basically showed up after the war was, like, after the battle was fought. And, like, that's it. Like, that's what he's known. Like, that's, the media and everyone, all the stories of Soldier Boy say that he stormed Normandy and did all this stuff and fought in all these wars. But in reality, he didn't really fight in the front lines. He came after... He basically did what George Bush does in Family Guy. Like, there's a clip on Family Guy. You as late to the party as George Bush was late to the war. 
And George Bush is like like running into the recruiting office. He's like, all right, man, let's go. I'm ready to kick some ass. He's like, George, the war is over. What? Yeah, the war's been over for a while now. Oh, you serious? Yeah, George, the, the war's been over. Like, we just been, like, the war's over. Oh, man, I, I had my stuff ready and everything. I had my gun. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, George, I don't know what you're doing. Like, the George's been over. It's like, oh. I think he asked him if you want to smoke some pot, and he goes, well, hell yeah, man. What are you waiting for? That's basically what this reminds me. That's basically Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy shows up at the fucking end after I'm ready to kick some ass. Like, Soldier Boy, everything's over. The war's over. Like, you're late. Um. Uh, so, okay. So, after he calls him out, he slaps the shit out of him and tells him he warned him. Uh, we then go to the deep in his ex-wife as he then, t uh, as he tells her that, you know, he needs to spice things up in their sex life a little bit. And he's thinking about introducing a new partner. And she's kind of open to it as he then brings out the mollusk slash octopus that he had sex with at Herogasm. Um, he then proceeds to have sex with it as his wife tells him she can't do this. Like, in the middle of sex, she's like, I can't do this three-way. Like, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this. I tried to help you. Like, this is just too much for me. And uh, he then tells her, Deep tells her, I don't need you anyway. As she then says, well, let's see how you do without me. And as he then tells the octopus, hey, it's okay. She just needs some time to cool off. This was funny. Like, this is, some people could say this scene didn't even need to be in here. It had nothing to the story, really. I don't care. Like, this is just hilarious seeing Deep do stupid shit like this. This was funny. I like seeing stuff like this because it makes you, like, either hate the character more, like the character more, laugh at the character more, feel bad for them, or get angry with them. Well, that falls under hate, but still. We then go back to Irving slash Black Noir, who is watching an imaginary memory play out, uh, play out and about where Soldier Boy basically used to beat the fuck out of them. Basically, the stage like opens up in his mind, and he sees the woodland war critters uh, start to like like reenact like a moment in his life where I guess that Soldier Boy was beating the fuck out of gunpowder in practice, and everybody else on the team is watching scared because I guess what Soldier Boy does is to assert his dominance, he basically like, alright guys, we're gonna have a sparring session, and he just fucks you up in the sparring session, knowing he can't get hurt, he just demolishes you and beats the fuck out of you, even though you're supposed to be sparring, and you're basically his teammates, and that's one of the reasons why the teammates, like the members of Payback, Crimson Countess, the TNT Twins, Mindstorm, Gunpowder, Swato, uh, and fucking Black Noir, that's why they basically fucking hate Soldier Boy, because he's a fucking asshole, he's basically Homelander, but... From what we've seen of him, I, I'm I'm not sure if he's worse or like just a little bit below Homelander. But it seems like he's a fucking piece of shit. Like I haven't seen Homelander beat the fuck out of his teammates like just to fucking do it like for sparring. Just because Homelander doesn't really spar. Like Homelander doesn't give a fuck. Homelander can do anything he wants. Like he can laser someone in half. All that's all he gotta do. Um, Irving slash Black Noir then walks in, basically upset that I. I believe Soldier Boy told, like, the people who were trying to uh, cast for Beverly Hills Cop that they didn't want Black Noir and that he wasn't funny enough, basically. And they basically kind of steered away and didn't want to cast Black Noir. Black Noir's upset because he wanted to basically be Eddie Murphy in, uh, I believe, it's Beverly Hills Cop. He's upset that Soldier Boy would tell them, like, that he didn't want the role and he wasn't ready for the role. He tells him, you're not funny, you're not Eddie Murphy, and you're not even, like, he just talks down to him. And he proceeds to beat the fuck out of him. Um... After he beats the fuck out of Noir, like, just fucks him up there. Um, he he basically just got his ass beat up just be, for speaking out of turn and speaking up for himself. So we can see why Irving slash Noir and the rest of other members of Payback, who are now dead, besides Mindstorm, don't like Soldier Boy. And then we can see why they sold him to the Russians. Well, actually, I don't know why I just said that. I kind of spoiled you guys on that. But 
Yeah, they. I mean, no, I didn't really spoil. I've been talking about the last couple episodes. No, they sold them. They sold them to the Russians. Ba- basically, Black Noir is the one who put everything together with the help of Vought, and they sold them to the Russians. And we'll go over how they did that in a second. Um, we then, um, we then go to the uh, the memory slash nightmare that Butcher has been put in by Mindstorm, where he is caught selling weed at school, presumably, and the headmaster then calls him into the office. As Billy, reminiscent of his father, beats the fuck out of the headmaster with the stapler. As Lenny then comes in to break it up. And he strikes Lenny by accident. Mirroring Butcher striking Huey by accident. As we then see Lenny and Billy being told by their dad. The world is an ocean of shite, lads. Either sink or swim. And Billy, my boy, you swam that day. His dad is just a fucking drunk Englishman. Or Brit. I don't know what the fuck you want to call him. A a drunk Englishman who beats the fuck out of his kids. And he basically told us, like, hey, look, you stood up for yourself there, Billy, and you swam that day. And he basically tells Lenny, like, you need to do what your brother does and stop being a little fucking poof, like a little bitch, basically, and stand up for yourself. Lenny, obviously, is not that type of person, from what it seems. He's more timid and shy, and it's the younger brother here. Um, and um, the dad then says, and some cunts need a slap, don't they? Butcher then tries to intervene with the memory. To no avail. Doesn't help. Uh, we then go to Huey and Soldier Boy walking out of the brush into a nearby road where there's a priest and a nun who are apparently having car problems. Soldier Boy then asks, hello, father. What's the problem today? As they then say they're having engine problems if they could take a look at it. As he suspiciously looks at it, as, as the priest is talking to Huey, Soldier Boy then fucking pulls out his gun and just shoots the priest in the fucking head. As the nun starts screaming and Huey freaks out, telling Huey that they're, uh, they're under Mindstorm's brainwashing. And that the priest was going to shank them, and so was the nun. As Huey then says, no, you have PTSD. As the nun is, like, praying over the body of the priest. He's like, you got PTSD, and you're fucking freaking out right now. And then all of a sudden, the nun jumps on Huey like some bitch in The Exorcist. And starts biting the fuck out of Huey and telling him to die. And he tells her, shoot this bitch! Shoot her! Shoot her! And the soldier boy says, hold fucking still. And he finally shoots the nun as Huey just like, holy fuck. So... And I thought that Soldier Boy was wrong here. I legit thought he was high as fuck and he panicked and got paranoid and shot the priest out of paranoia. No, I don't know. I'm guessing that, like, I guess he was right. They were under Mindstorm's control and the priest fucking was going to stab him because the fucking nun did. The nun jumped on him like fucking Michael Myers in the first Halloween movie when the nurse is inside of the, um, the Volk, not the Volkswagen, the station wagon at, um, smith's grove and michael jumps on top of the fucking car and just starts to smash the window and grab her that's what that shit reminded me of i'm like holy fuck so he was right so soldier boy is not a useless like soldier he obviously has some sort of experience when it comes to seeing who the enemy is seeing knowing what to do because he was he was right here he was right so i thought that was pretty kind of like is is that considered bait and switch they baited you making it seem like he's gonna fucking just do something stupid and kill somebody where you think that's that happening the whole time. And then in reality, he was right. And he was actually telling the truth. So, that, and here's one thing you, there's one thing you will find out about Homelander, not Homelander, about uh, Soldier Boy, th- uh, when I talk about it, when I get to the finale. Um, and uh, after that, they both head into the fucking woods after they kill the demon bitch. And they go back into the woods. I, I just thought this was pretty funny. This was hilarious. We then go to Homelander at some political rally as he's talking bad about Starlight, saying nasty things about her to change the narrative away from Soldier Boy. Basically saying, you know the whole Starlight home for kids? Well, Starlight is trafficking kids, and it just so happens that she's running the Starlight home for runaway kids or something like that. And it was 
pretty fucking funny. Um, he then thinks that he sees Soldier Boy and his eyes start to glow. He then loses his train of thought as he then addresses the crowd and thanks them as he then leaves. Ends up going to a barn where he's hyperventilating and having some sort of anxiety slash maybe panic attack. And then he ends up seeing a cow. He begins to milk it seductively. And then he proceeds to drink the milk as Victoria Newman then interrupts, telling him that he needs to get his shit together. As he then, rightfully so, grabs her by the fucking neck, putting her in her place, and then tells her, um, as she then tells him, she just needs him to help with one small favor, and she can help him as she hands him a paper. And then Homelander looks at the paper, and he's like, where, where did you get this? And she, if you watch this scene, just look at his face. Watch Anthony Starr's face. Just the the number of little small microfacial expressions that he makes to convey his confusion. It's just like, like, what? Like, where did you get this? And when I say he rightfully so grabbed her, this bitch has po the power to explode people's heads. She is not a good person. So when she comes in here trying to bark orders to fucking Homelander, when I see him <coughs> grab her by the fucking neck, like, who the fuck do you think you are, bitch? That was just satisfying to see because I don't like Victoria Newman. As an actress, she's doing great. I don't like her character. Like I, I get pissed off seeing her character like this fucking bitch. Um, but she does great. She does great in this fucking this role. Um, and also, just, you know what it reminded me of too when he grabs her by the neck. It just reminds me of like Undertaker or Kane when like they're sitting, like they're laying down. You think you knocked them down, and then you're laughing next to their body as they're like laying down, look like they're unconscious, and they're laughing at you. And then all of a sudden they just fucking ah, grab you by the fucking neck and sit up, and they're just like you motherfucker, and then they just choke slam the fuck out of you. Like that, that's just what that reminded me of. Like I just want to see Homelander one time, just like who the fuck you think you are, grab him by the neck and then fucking choke slam him. Like, fly up into the sky, and then just fucking slam him into the ground, just killing them. That would be fucking amazing. Um, anyway, enough of that. Um, we then go to A-Train, who is alive! A-Train is now alive! For those of you who don't know, the A-Train is still ongoing. The A-Train is still gonna keep going. Can't have one last ride without the A-Train. Yes, A-Train is still alive. A-Train is now alive. We're going to find out how he wakes up in Vought's little recovery infirmary hospital thing. As Ashley then greets him and reveals to him that he got a heart transplant from fucking Blue Hawk. And now he is going to go back into the new suit or back into the A-Train suit. He's going to be able to run again as the A-Train. Woo! 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 She says some shit like, what does she say? She says some shit that can't stop the A-Train. She says some shit like that. It was fucking hilarious. Um, so, A-Train basically gets the heart of a racist. He has the heart of the racist guy that fucking paralyzed his brother and killed a bunch of, I'm going to assume, innocent uh, black people. And now he's got his heart. And it's, I, you know, look. Um, when A-Train died, I was like, okay, satisfying ending for him. He's a piece of shit. He avenged his brother in his own eyes. And he dies. Like, it was a poetic ending. And now he's alive again. So... I'm not mad that he's alive. I just find it hilarious that I, I think, you know, I, okay. What I think that this is a play on, and I'm not sure if this really hurts the story. I think that this is just a play on the fact that Marvel and DC have a hard time killing off heroes and they just immediately bring them back. And they, in this case, they legit, like a week later, brought them back. Marvel will kill off fucking, whoa. Hmm. Well, okay. Marvel comics or comic books in general will kill off Captain America, right? And then he comes back in the next, like, film. But that next film will come out two years later. And in this case, the film came, or the episode came out a week later and A-Train's back already. So I think that's what they were mocking. I'm not sure for the story a little bit. I'll talk about that later when I get to the finale. But for now, A-Train's back. Um, 
They're going to be working on his new movie uh, uh, called Training A-Train, where he's a gangbanger. <laughs> he's a gangbanger from the south side, sl- from the south side, slanging that yay. I'm this is I, this is what I wrote. It. This is exactly this is what she said. She, um, He's a gangbanger from the south side, slanging that yayo, and then ends up learning a more civilized way by a track a track coach played by Tom Hanks, who teaches him to tra- uh, teaches A Train to become the A Train. I-, I thought this was fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> they said Tom Hanks. Like I can see Tom Hanks totally doing that. <laughs> like next season, what they have to do, they have to have an episode where like it shows the trailer with Tom Hanks and A Train. Like that, that has to be a fucking thing. Like that'll just be hilarious. Um. Oh my god. Um. Fuck. What was I gonna say? Um. Anyway, sorry. Uh, after that's over, we then go back to uh, Frenchie and MM, as Frenchie then thinks of this. Um thinks of the agent uh, that'll be able to knock out soldier boy which is then revealed that it was called nova shock which kills humans in a painful way apparently but i guess to soldier boy it's like it, it, how do you say it? it's like a, it's like a what do you say what's the it's like night quill to soldier boy it, 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 it's like human it'll fucking kill you it'll just fucking just fuck you up you're dead no matter what soldier boy it's like night quill um and i guess it's basically what the soul what the russians gave him and uh, Frenchie, they're like, they're like, how the fuck are we gonna get it? And Frenchie's like, how about another vacation to Russia? As MM then gets a text on his phone with a picture of his daughter and his stepdad at a Homelander rally, the same one that Homelander was at earlier. And um, he basically is just pissed off, and he storms the fuck out. As Kamiko then asks, what's wrong with MM? And Frenchie's like, I don't know, I don't know. Then she then asks to dance with Frenchie. As they start to dance, Kamiko then tells Frenchie she wants her powers back. As Frenchie tries to reason with her, as with a reminder of what she what she said earlier about how she hated her powers, and then she proceeds to show him the message that she showed Annie about he, she basically considers them family and wants to protect him, and that's why she wants her powers. Um, like I said, it just it's just like the Kamiko thing is just so confusing in this season because it's like, does the Soldier Boy uh, havoc? Uh, Hank Summers thing does it like does it depower you permanently or does it temporarily depower you or does it take away a certain amount of powers because she was getting her ribs caved in by a fucking giant like a fat uh, not fat but a, a fucking six foot something Russian dude and she still survived and somehow she's like wants her power I don't, I don't know it just it's just really inconsistent to me with Kons- uh, Kamiko's powers this season um anyway we then go to, and Frenchie's right, Kamiko was saying how she hates her powers, and all of a sudden she wants her powers back, because she wants to protect her family. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I can understand, like, how she's had the change of heart, because she's realized what, like, oh, fuck, I can die, and I can lose everybody. I don't want to lose everybody now. Yeah, I, I understand it, but it's also kind of dumb. Um, we then go to Annie, sneaking into Vought Tower, somehow. Like, this is one thing I've always wondered, how the fuck does Maeve and Annie just sneak into a lab at Vought Tower without anybody on camera seeing them and questioning what they're doing? I've always wondered that. But then again, there is like nobody in their surveillance department anymore, so that does make sense of how she's able to sneak in there. It's what it's, it's just the deep in that one chick, and then Ashley. Like that's literally about it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I that's just all I'm gonna say. And maybe too, maybe that maybe Maeve literally like paid off the camera people. Like, yo, don't say shit. Like, if you don't say shit. I'll give you some temporary V. And maybe I I don't know. I'll give you this. I don't fucking know. I'll fuck you. I I don't know. Maybe she said she'll fuck him. I don't know. Well, she's a chick. Oh, well, she's in the chick. I don't know. That'd be kind of hot. <laughs> um, anyway, 
As Annie is sneaking into Vaught Tower and sneaking into their lab somehow, she steals Compound or Temporary V, and then she starts seeing that Temporary or Compound V, and she starts to see that Temporary V is fatal and it can cause seizures and a number of other things, and basically it'll end up being fatal for Butcher and Huey. She basically sees what Maeve couldn't see, whether she's like, I still don't understand how she was really able to like, just like, hmm, let me look at these notes. Like, she did, how could she have known these notes were going to apply to Compound or Temporary V? I mean, the temporary V and Compound V are in that lab, so maybe she just assumed it was right, but I don't know. It's a little weird. Um, we then go back to Black Noir as we watch what really happened to him and how he got his scars and his burns. Um, and how Soldier Boy really was given to the Russians. We find out about that. And how they ended up using the Nova Shock on him, as well as knocking him out, sending him to the Russians. Uh, the Okay, so basically what happens in this scene it just immediately just goes to Irving watching reenacting or not reenact watching the scene reenacted by the woodland critters, which is an eagle, which is played by Soldier Boy, I believe a fox, which is played by Crimson Countess, and then like a bunny and all this other stuff that are played by everybody else. And I believe that the black sheep is Noir, probably. Anyway, uh, anyway, Noir and all of them basically confront Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy just fucks up Black Noir. Like he beats the fuck out of him to where he's bleeding. Ends up fucking getting his face, and um, I believe he knocks off part of his mask or something, and he smashes his face onto a, uh, an exploded uh, 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 jeep that is on fire, and he basically melts part of Black Noir's face onto um, onto the hood of the fucking burning car, and it's burning Black Noir's face as he then throws him to the side, beats the fuck out of him again, and uses his shield, which I'm not sure what it's made out of. I'm gonna assume titanium. And he just caves in part of uh, Black Noir's brain and his head and just proceeds to fuck him up and just throws him like he's a used fucking tissue. Throws him to the side. Um, so we find out that Black Noir didn't get his scar and his ability to become, or his didn't get his scars and his fucked up uh, face from being in an explosion. He got that way because Soldier Boy basically made him that way. Soldier Boy fucking Anakin Skywalkered him. Just without cutting off his limbs. But yeah, so basically I'm guessing he hit a part of his brain that cuts off communication and speaking. The ability to speak, which makes him a mute. And he burnt part of his ear. And I'm pretty sure he shattered his fucking eardrums, probably. I I'm not sure. He just, he fucked him up, basically. And the rest of the team ends up getting Soldier Boy down. Throwing the Nova Shock around him. And he ends up breathing it in. Ends up falling and collapsing. And they sell them. Basically give him away to the Russians for free. Because they don't want to deal with him anymore. So... That's how Soldier Boy was given to the Russians. Anyway, the Woodland Critters then tell Irving that says, you knew Soldier Boy would come back one day and that you need to face him. This reminds me of the South Park Trent Boyette, the preschool episode, where it's like one day Trent Boyette is going to get out of uh, prison. Yeah, but that's in like five years. Woohoo! Yeah! And then the day comes out where he gets out of prison or jail and he's coming to fuck him up. That's basically Soldier Boy. We then go to M.M. and his wife, um, or M.M. at his wife and her husband's house, I think it's Todd, is his, yeah, Todd, the stepdad, as the husband then arrives, um, or, uh, arrives, Todd with the dot with, um, M.M.'s daughter, and M.M. then tells her that he does not want him taking her to these rallies and risking her life with Homelander, as then Todd tries to justify it, saying that Homelander is one of the greatest heroes of our time, M.M. then tells him that she's not, uh, he's not Janine's father, as Todd then replies and says, someone has to be her father, basically. And M.M. knocks him the fuck out in front of his daughter. Rightfully fucking so. You should have shut the fuck up here, Todd. He knocks him the fuck out. And then he realizes what he just did and the impression he put on his daughter by beating up her stepdad, knocking him out in front of her. 
and he and it's it, it's a very like heartfelt moment like oh fuck like, I, I get where he's coming from here like he didn't want to get violent in front of his daughter no parent should want to get violent in front of their kid and i can understand well I, I can't understand from experience but i can understand watching it like how disappointed he is with himself that he got that way uh, we then go to Starlight, trying to leave the uh, Vought Tower as Homelander then intervenes, talking down to her and telling her what's going to happen to her if she leaves, and that her fame is the only thing protecting her now. She then insults him as he then threatens Huey and tells her what will happen to him, like, just remember what I told you, and then she then reveals that she has been recording him the whole time on her Instagram Live uh, to all of her followers as, she, as he then panics and smiles. He goes, <laughs> Starlight, you didn't tell me that you were recording us running lines. And he starts to say, hey, everybody. He starts smiling and putting on the whole facade of this American patriotic hero that loves everybody. And uh, he tries to cover up for his fucking mistake as Annie then walks into the elevator and closes it. And he's just smiling. Oh, Annie. And just closes it like, oh, she got him. She had him by the balls right here. She got him. That was a smart move on uh, Starlight's part. We then go to Soldier Boy and Huey as they enter this abandoned shack in the middle of the forest, where they then see Mindstorm hiding in the corner through a mirror reflection. As Huey then teleports Mindstorm, like Soldier Boy's like, "All right, we're gonna get him right now." Huey then teleports to Mindstorm, grabs him, teleports him the fuck out of there where Soldier Boy's not there, and Soldier Boy's like, "Fuck!" And they're both naked. Like this is just hilarious. As he then tells him, "Please don't put me in a nightmare. Please, I just need you to take my friend out of the nightmare." He's like, "No, why the fuck would I do that?" Mindstorm says. Huey then tells him, "I'll teleport you anywhere." Anywhere, just please take him out of there. Mindstorm then says, I've seen that guy's mind. He's a piece of shit. Please, I understand, like, but he saved me. Can you please help me? We then go to Billy's mind, where Billy is reliving his brother committing suicide. Because apparently what happened was, Billy ends up having enough of his father. And eventually ends up signing up to go to the war. As Lenny's like, where are you going? Like, you can't leave him with me, Billy. And he ends up going off on his brother Lenny, saying, like, like Lenny, you have to stop being such a fucking Billy pushover. Stop being such a fucking poof. Like, telling him, like, basically goes off on him like his father did. Like, father like son. Apple don't fall too far from the tree. And scolds Lenny as Lenny just basically wants his brother there because he knows that he's going to, like, I can't do this by myself. You're, our dad's going to fuck us up and you're leaving me. And he tells him, like, stand up for yourself, basically, and just scolds him. And you can tell that fucks with Lenny. And then eventually, we see what happens with Lenny. Lenny starts talking to Butcher in the nightmare. He's like, no, don't fucking do it, Lenny. Lenny ends up telling you, left me no choice, Billy. I couldn't deal with it anymore. And then ends up, what ends up happening, basically, um, Lenny ends up taking his own life. And Butcher has to see what happened. He basically sees exactly what happened. And as soon as it's over, he ends up waking up. And he says, I'm sorry. I'm so fucking sorry, Huey. He apologizes to Huey. And this is a very sad moment right here. And Huey's like, what? Like, you like, save you. Like, are you okay? Like, and Mindstorm's like, okay, come on, let's go. He's like, all right, sorry. Like I promised, where do you want to go? And before Mindstorm can even say anything, Soldier Boy from somewhere throws a fucking throwing knife at his fucking eye. And it hits Mindstorm. He's like, ah! Soul Boy knocks his ass the fuck down, throws a fucking bag over his head, and basically fucking threatens him and um as um what's it called as the soldier boy throws that knife beating the fuck out of him covering the bag he then punches huey and knocks him back as butcher then looks at soldier boy with his eyes glow with his lasers threatening him like don't fucking touch him again soldier boy then questions mindstorm whose plan was it who set me up to the russians as mindstorm then says it was noir's idea no shit soldier boy says and we find out something later at the end of this episode, and I guess Mindstorm tells him it right now, and I'm assuming, 
I'm assuming that this is what Nadia slash Newman gave, what was on the paper that gave to um, Homelander earlier in the episode. Uh, he then yells, what? Impossible! Or he says something like, what? That's not possible! And then he ends up crushing Mindstorm's skull with his shield to where there's literally, like, nothing left. And you, you don't see his face, but there's, like, the bag. It's, like, shrunken. Like, he literally smashed his fucking head in. Um, it was a fucking brutal last scene. We've gotten, like, two of these type of scenes. The last episode with Kamiko stabbing the Russian dude, and this one with Soldier Boy just caving this guy's fucking head in. Also, too, with Butcher beating the fuck out of Gunpowder. Like, they've done a lot of brutalizing scenes in this in this season where they've just beaten the fuck out of somebody's skull and just or stab somebody or fuck them up. We then... Um... We then see Soldier Boy coming to, the, coming to terms with the fact that he knows something that Mindstorm told him. And we don't... As the audience don't know what it is. We'll find out later. Um... You then see Butcher thinking about his nightmare, as he then uh, as he then cries, and has a, uh, has a teardrop. Starlet then calls him, telling him that temporary V is fatal. And this is another scene. After this is all after the whole this is after the whole Mindstorm thing. They are they already went back to the I think the apartment where the legend was at. They went back to the hotel, and Butcher is just remembering the nightmare, and he starts to have a tear about it. And Star uh, Starlight calls him. Telling that temporary V is fatal and that he needs to tell Huey. Butcher then tells her that he'll tell him. As he then walk as then as Huey then walks in when he hangs up the phone, and you think he's gonna tell him about temporary V and how it's fatal. He then asks who is that? He says, Nothing you need to worry about. That we just need to go get some more temporary fucking V. As he has a sinister grin on his face, as you can see, he regrets saying it, but for some reason he just can't help himself. And he's leading Huey down the wrong path, as he did with Lenny. Um, okay. So, what I got to say about this scene. Um, Butcher, as a character in the comics, spoiler alert, ends up um, going crazy. Spoiler alert, in the comics, I'm not going to say it again. In the comics, he ends up killing all the boys. He ends up killing all of them, except Huey. And at the end of the comics, uh, him and Huey both end up falling out of a building. Huey gets stabbed and impaled by a spike uh, on a fence as Butcher breaks his neck, and Huey ends up killing him right then and there. Um... Butcher is obviously going down the route of becoming the villain of the series, I can see. I think what they're eventually going to do is... I think they're just what they're going to do. I think they're just going to have Homelander. And Homelander is going to probably become the president some in some way, shape, or form. Butcher's going to be even more pushed to the edge. And he ends, he's going to end up probably killing all the boys, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I just know that um, Butcher, Butcher, to me, is like Saul Goodman. Okay? Now, hear me out. Butcher is like Saul Goodman in the sense of he can't help what he does. Or I should say, Butcher is more like Slippin' Jimmy, which is Jimmy McGill, Saul's real name. But Slippin' Jimmy is the personality that likes to scam people and run schemes and con people. And he can't help who he can't help bringing other people into his life and showing him his old ways. And he can't help. Um ruining their lives as well like bringing everybody in on his little shits his little pissing contest to end up ruining their lives and i think that's how they're similar like i don't think butcher i think butcher knows that he's a piece of shit but he just can't help it like he's just too far gone at this point like i, I don't think there's a i think it's just gonna keep going further down with butcher same thing with homelander like i said they're basically the same character just like two different sides of the coin just a little bit a little bit minor different ideologies but they all basically do violent things to get what they want and they try to justify their reasons. More Butcher than Homelander. Um, 
we then go to Starlight and Kamiko and Frenchy as they give uh, Kamiko Compound V. They give her the shot, and you can see it's very painful for her. Very painful for her, but in the end, it's successful, and she ends up getting her powers back. She heals right away. Um, we uh, then, and I thought this was like okay, like she's getting her powers back. All right, cool, whatever. Uh, we then go to Homelander in his penthouse apartment uh, in Vaught Tower, where he then gets a call from the front desk, basically telling him that he's, he's got a call from Soldier Boy, and he's like, "What, so Soldier Boy?" He's like, "Yeah, I'll transfer you over right now." He answers the phone, and Soldier Boy then says. Tells him that in 1980, Vought made him beat. Vought made me beat my meat into a cup, and in 1981, Vogelbaum made a kid. As he then reveals that Homelander is his fucking son, the information that apparently the information that Nadia gave Homelander was that Soldier Boy is his dad, and the information that Mindstorm gave Soldier Boy is that he is Homelander's father and Homelander is his son. Home. This is probably the biggest twist of the one of the biggest twists of the seasons, probably. Soldier Boy being his father. Um, and you could just see, look at fucking home. She's like, what the fuck? And I'm over here. Is he lying to him, or is he telling? Is he actually telling him the truth? Like trying to, or is he just trying to manipulate him? Um, basically tells him like, look. He goes, if they would have told me, like, if they would have told me you were a son, I would have eventually given you the spotlight and given up the mantle to you. What father wouldn't do that for his son? And I was just like, oh my god, that's fucking crazy. Um, I, it, it, and, it's, and the reveal was just a great fucking way to end this episode going on to the season finale. And the episode closes with Homelander shocked to this reveal. And the episode ends. Great episode. I really love this one. Some people may say this was a bit of a come down. I liked it, though. Honestly, I thought this was great. Uh, a lot of funny shit from Soldier Boy, Jensen Ackles, and um, Jack Quaid uh, playing Huey. They did great. They, uh, their chemistry, like the chemistry with the actors and actresses, is just amazing. There's just been a like I said. There's just a couple of things I just don't like, like the inconsistency with Kamiko's powers and how people, how she can die and how she can't die, and the ins inconsistency with Starlight's uh, personality, where she just like judges people for doing immoral things, but then she goes and does them as well. I hope that for the fourth season, they kind of just like embrace that she's a hypocrite as well, and that basically everybody on the boys' team is all. They're all everybody in the show is hypocrites. I hope they just acknowledge that, and you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're all bad people. Let's just do what we want to do what we want to do, and the Seven wants to do what they want to do. Great episode. Um, now, okay. I'm going to talk about something. I'll talk. You know, I'll briefly touch on this, and then I'll talk about it when I get into the finale. Okay, so um, here's what I wanted, I wanted to happen after the end of this uh, episode seven. I was like, okay, we're going to get Homelander and Soldier Boy teaming up. And I was like, that'll be awesome, father and son. That'll be great. It'll be awkward. It'll be funny. It'll be probably a lot of funny ass shit. Like one thing that I thought I would thought would have been funny is um, imagine Homelander, uh, and he okay in the next in the beginning of the finale he ends up going to meet Ryan. He ends up taking Ryan. That's that's all I'm gonna spoil for the finale. But in the finale he ends up talking to Ryan, meeting Ryan, and he ends up telling him he's his son and he loves him. They hug and then I believe they end up flying away. Um. But what happens is that it's basically like one of those things for me where it's like, okay, um, what would have been perfect was Soldier Boy as the grandfather, Homelander as the son, and Ryan as the grandson. Like, imagine, like, imagine like a fucking funny thing, like where they finally meet, like, and they talk. And he's just like, he's like, wait, so you're telling me that you can do the things that I've always wanted a father to do for me? That's right, son. Anything you want to do. 
daddy's got you. And like, just imagine, like, I can just imagine them having that little back, that little conversation back and forth where Homelander just turns into this fucking little kid meeting his father and Soldier Boy, well, son, I always told you I'd be there for you. Or just like says some shit like, hey, tell daddy what you want to do and we'll do it. And then like, just like the next scene after he says that'll be them playing catch with the fucking baseball. And it's just like Soldier Boy's like, really, motherfucker? Like, you want to play catch of all fucking things? And then Homelander, <laughs> dad, and just like throwing the fucking ball, like being hella, just being out of character, hella goofy and dumb. Like, really, guy? Like, oh my God, this is what his person, his mirror personality was talking about. Where he's like, you're just a fucking soft little guy that wants people to love him and wants the attention. That would have been, that would have just been classic. Just a little like montage with them with music in the back room playing catch. And so, uh, Homelander accidentally like throws the ball too hard and it fucking goes across the world and kills like three people. That would have been hilarious. It ends up landing back in Soldier Boy's hand. Like that would have been fucking hilarious. Come on. But they don't do that. They do something a little different. Uh, well, not a little, a lot different. They do something a lot different that I thought they weren't going to do. Um, some stuff that I probably wasn't the biggest fan of, but I didn't hate. I didn't hate it. I like the finale. You know what? You know what I'm going to do? This episode's at, at basically two and a half hours. I'm going to go ahead and end this episode probably right before we get to the two and a half hour mark just because I'm like, I have to talk about the finale and what I think about it. So to give you guys a bit of a break so you guys don't have to hear me talk about all this in one long stretch then you already have to listen to, I'm going to go ahead and end the episode around here and we're going to do the finale as, as a separate episode. And it's not, the finale is not going to be an hour. The finale review is not going to, I don't think it's going to be an hour long. It'll probably be 30 to 45 minutes at the max just because I know this is a lot of content that I've been giving you guys, especially with this the last one was an hour and a half and this is two and a half hours. It's a lot of content. So we're going to go ahead and end the episode here. What would I give this episode? Solid 9 out of 10. The only reason that I'm giving these ones 9 out of 10 is just because of the inconsistency with Kamiko's powers and Starlight's personality. Um, and that's just about it. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Episodes, was this what? Episodes 5 through... 5 through 7? Yeah, episodes 5 through 7. I believe it. I went over a long fucking stream. So... Hope you guys enjoyed the episodes that I went over here, part two. You guys are going to get part three, which is the finale episode, which is going to be, like I said, no longer than 30 to 45 minutes. I'm going to go over the finale. I'm going to give my thoughts on it, what I would have done, and then we're going to end the talk about The Boys Season 3 with that episode. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of The No Limit Lab. Please go ahead and share this so all your friends and family, your cousins, wherever the hell they are, family, friends, anybody, share it to people. Put it on the goddamn bathroom stall. Get a goddamn barcode. Put a sticker on a bathroom stall so someone can scan it and get to their episodes. Get to all these episodes of No Limit Lab. I am so glad to have you guys listening. I am glad to have you guys as my listeners. The podcast is growing. The other day, we just hit 900 uh, total listens of all, like, of all time. Like, we've hit 900, 901, 901 listens of all time for our podcast or for the podcast which is great. We're currently at 11, uh, 11 listeners per episode or 11, around 11 listeners right now. So hopefully we can get that number up. Um, some might say that's not that much. Well, from my perspective, it's a lot. The reason why is just because when I started doing the podcast again by myself, just completely just me, you know, it started off slow. When I used to do it with Darius, I used to get a lot. We used to get a lot more numbers. I'm not going to lie. We used to, we, we did really good for our first, like, our first like 10 episodes and then when we stopped doing it and it was just me it started off a lot slower but it's been slowly since what last november it's slowly just been building up a lot more and we're almost going to be at what in probably like four more months we're going to be at a year of me doing this by myself i think i think so 
I'm excited. I can't, I can't wait. I cannot wait for the future of this podcast. I'm going to keep pushing the podcast, keep on supporting it, and keep on doing what you guys do and listen. I thank you a lot. Um, and yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. I can't wait for the next one where we talk about the finale of The Boys, Season 3. Now, 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 I hope you enjoyed that long episode. I know, I know, this is a teaser. We do do teasers at the end of each episode now. And you're probably thinking, God damn, Eloy, it's fucking... Two hours and 30 minutes and 34 seconds into this video and you're still going. I know I'm still going, but I basically, guys, it basically gave you guys a teaser already at the end of the episode already. But this is just the teaser for the next episode. The next episode is going to be the Boys Season 3 Finale, Episode 8. And I'm going to discuss that episode. I'm going to discuss the finale all in one and give my thoughts on what I would have done and what I did and didn't like. So, hope you guys enjoy it. And I can't wait to see you guys in the No Limit Lab next time. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.